Oh, Mayweather just unloading here. Referee asking him to keep the punches up. Asukawa trying to use his angles. Body shot by Asukawa now. Mayweather just comes in and throws his own body oh. shot. Beautiful right hand dropping his opponent. My goodness, the speed of Money Mayweather. Still, at 41 years old, he is in the opposite corner dancing away, Frank. He's, I mean, he's barely throwing anything behind these punches, and they're landing flush. Now Sakawa's throwing everything he possibly can, and Mayweather drops him again! The speed of Money Mayweather. Nasukawa's having an extreme in his corner, and thrown in the towel! This fight hasn't even gone! First of our three main events on this card, and for the Ryzen, I mean, to crown the first ever Ryzen Women Super Animate World Champion, former Invicta FC Animate Champion Ayaka Hamasaki defeated Kana Asakura via submission due to an armbar. Four minutes and 33 seconds of round number two to become the only woman to win super animate, I mean, to win animate titles in both the U.S. I mean, to, to win, oh, what the fuck am I saying? Hamasaki is the first person to win titles, the first woman to win titles in North America and Asia for women's MMA, I guess. All right, but so I, before we, yeah, before we talk about the fight itself, let's talk about how much of a big deal this was. Okay. You know, you had, to, you had Beast Takata in the ring giving the speech. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? They, they, they brought the flowers out for the belt. The crowd was really into this one. You know, we're crowning our very first, you know, Super Atomic champion. Like, Andrew, do you agree that, you know, there was a big feeling for this one? Absolutely. I loved, I loved how they treated it as a big deal. I really enjoyed that. You know, they even did, like, they even did the speech. They showed out the belt. What did you guys think of the Super Atomic title? Oh, it looked good. It looked very good. The red strap looks nice. I'm glad they're not and going. That, you know that, and you can tell you know both people that both fighters, you know, they really they that they were into this. You know what I mean? This this was a very big deal. You know, for Kana, it could have been like winning her very first championship in her career. For Ayaka, it would be cementing legacy. Mm-hmm. I'm also glad that they that they that the belts were were of relative size uh, to their. The belt, well, the, well, the belts weren't too big. We weren't too small. They looked about the right size. 
There's nothing worse than when I see like an over an o a, 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 a really big belt on a on a very small person. It looks so awkward. Yeah. But you know, but you know, but as for the fight, you know, um we were in a situation where we were in a deadlock, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, a deadlock and uh, what in what sense? Um, because remember they both have wrestling backgrounds. You know, Ayaka Mi also have the judo background as well. You know what I mean? So you didn't really see much of like wrestling takedowns or you know Arakana going for her trademark slam. And I felt that you know that you know because they were in flux. I guess you know Kana didn't want to take the risk of you know running in you know going for her usual takedown and actually getting choked out and getting guillotined. Uh-huh. So I think she was in a situation where she was in the, it was a deadlock. Neither could go for a slam, a takedown slam. And it's pretty much whoever's gonna whoever grapples first is going well, to win. I I have in the first round that um uh for this super atom weight bout uh title bout that uh Kana well this, remember there was a four there was an eye poke forty five seconds into yeah, the first round. It was accidental. Yes. It was accidental. And I thought you thought I thought they were gonna stop the match. I I it was it was I thought they might stop the match. And I yeah, but, oh my but god that would have been so bad. This was not you know intentional. She wasn't trying to cheat the win here. But also, here's another thing to point. I'll point out before I go on my notes. Kana was booed, something yeah, fierce was, by the uh, audience. Uh, yeah, this was pro. This was a pro um, Ayaka crowd, or maybe they were cheering for. It's either that or they're jealous that she's dating tension and they're not. Um. So. <laughs> so. You never know, man. You, you never know, man. You know what I mean? So you I know? had that. Uh. That 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 Ayaka took down Kana in the first round. And then when Kana went for a takedown herself, she re- uh, Ayaka reversed into a judo throw. Um, but then Kana tried to take her down as well, but Ayaka got back up. So they were it was it was it was like one would go for a takedown, the other one would go for a takedown, the other one would reverse. Um, and the second round was what was the big mistake for Kana because she tried for a takedown, but she but uh, Ayaka blocked it and uh, and was able to take down Kana with a trip into side control. That's where the things got bad for her. Um, and here's the thing. Uh, how, Kana was doing great with that armbar defense. The one thing that Ayaka did, and it's such a small detail that a lot of, that I would have missed, and I wouldn't even realize it if yeah, I hadn't watched Kana, it a few times. Yeah, Kana was holding out on a lot longer on that armbar than, than, you know, and she, she should have, like, kept herself in that same spot and not tried to leap over to the other side. Well, no, the, the, the idea, she was, she was doing it, but she, it was, it was right, but what Kana did was, oh, not Kana, Ayaka did, she locked her legs together almost like a triangle, so kind of when Ayaka went to jump over, she kind of it was almost like she bumped into her knees, her knee, and like flipped over again. If she had stayed flat, she could have easily, she would have easily still had enough. She wouldn't have flipped back over, I don't think. But she the fact Kana had a chance to go for maybe head stomps in that position. The, it would. It's very hard when you're when or, you're. Or think she was in too much of a panic. Yeah, when you're you're getting armbarred, it's very hard to think of like of 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 stopping your opponent's head. You're just thinking about trying to get out of that armbar. That's really what it is. Um, you know, I, know, I know. If it was, I, if it was a an armbar from the guard, if the armbar was from the guard, then you can make an argument for that that she could have gone, she could have easily gone for her head stomps. But the but the problem was that this was a uh, sit out armbar, so it was it's a lot harder to do that. Even with Kana's flexibility, I don't think it would have. Um, she could have done that. 
But yeah, basically Ayaka, she basically, it was almost as, I almost, I don't know if she even did it deliberately. She may have, but she, she it may have been, but because kind of, like I said, kind of did the, did, did the defense correctly. The the thing is that Kana followed through where Kana where she Ayaka would follow through with Kana and basically pushed her back into that position and yeah that's what I think what happened here's here's in my opinion okay so Kana you know she had her defense right I think she was trying to go in, I think she was trying to leap into north south um, it looked like she was trying to leap into north south and and Ayaka rotated her back into position. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, she tried to jump over, and that's and that's what happened. Is that um, she I, basically she uh, she I think Kana should have rotated into side control and not go for north south position. Oh, I agree. I, I, I no, but she did it right. She, I, I, I Kana was doing it right. Just that Hamazaki was just smarter and recognized. Okay, this is how if she tries to defend this way, this is what I'm going to do to get her back. So I'm watching the fight right now. Okay, so she's trying to walk in the armbar. Kana turns over. And tell me, which way was she trying to leap? Was she trying to, to rotate the north south, or was she trying to, to rotate the side control? Um, she's uh, uh Kana's trying to uh, Ayaka tr pushes arms. She she turns over. She's doing it right. She's turning over the opposite direction. You don't want to turn the towards the other punk because then they can push you back down with their legs. So she's walking. She's walking. Uh, Ayaka's following her as she's walking. She's defending now, right. Right when she flips over, Ayaka locks her her arm her, her legs into a like a triangle. Like she triangles the arm, and so basically, as Kana tries to to jump over to the other side, she basically almost like jumps on top of her knee, on her uh, on top of her knees, and I then it looks like Ayaka pushes her fo pushes her back on, on pushes Kana back onto her back. So let me just look at it one more time. Yeah, she's going over. She's about to flip over. Ayaka sees that and immediately locks her, locks them over. And yeah, she and pushes. She pushes with her right knee. She pushes Kana with her right knee on her abdomen, back on her back. And basically, yeah, she's got nowhere to go. Ayaka had this scouted out for, for as soon she 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 knew that if she tries to defend this way, this is how I'm going. I'm going to keep it in still. Now, do you guys want me to go over the notes that Mike Skype said? Yes, please do. I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom. So, you can talk about this. Okay, well, Kana Asakura basically said in defeat that Hamasaki was stronger than her and better than her. She wanted to try and strike in this fight, but Hamasaki was on another level with her grappling, and she hopes that Hamasaki eventually holds on to her title so that she can take it away from her, eventually. As for Hamasaki, she says that during the fight, her vision was temporarily blurred following the accidental eye poke. She was frustrated that Kana didn't look for takedowns, and she knows that youth is an advantage, but she thinks she can beat the newer generation. Now, Joseph, since you're still there, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really feel that Kana should have, you know, went for this, the slams. I feel that she would have caught Ayaka at a certain point and caught her with the slam, and that would have been a difference maker. And I'm thinking Ayaka maybe wanted to see if she could take a slam. You know what I mean? Because Kana has one of the best slams in, 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 in that division. Uh-huh. 
Uh, I just feel that, I just, yeah, I just feel that, you know, yeah, because I just feel that Kana was just in a situation where it was just a deadlock, you know what I mean? But in a way, she probably, I mean, Hamasaki probably fares more in the anime division than in the strawweight division, because of course, her being an Invicta for those few matches that she was in, she didn't really fare well in those two strawweight matches she was in. Those were her only two losses, I think. Yeah, and also hell, don't forget Ayaka gave up the uh, that in, the Invicta belt to go to to go to to go to Rice. Here's a question I have as well. What do you think about uh, Ayaka being considered like an extreme underdog? I have the um, I have the um, uh, the the the. You know what? I thought that the people who saw who sought Hamasaki as an underdog, they're fucking dumb. Because... <laughs> Me, I, me, in my opinion, Kana was more of the, the uh, more of the underdog in this fight. Yeah, I can agree with you on that because when it comes down to it, Asakura was the younger, less experienced fighter compared to Hamasaki. Well, and less Hamasaki was a, not but hungry, but hungry though. Yeah, right. But Hamasaki is a former world champion. Why would they call her the underdog? Is it because of? Maybe it's maybe it's most people never seen um, Ayaka fight an Invicta. Maybe. But here's the thing: I would figure that Hamazaki has more of a name value than Kana Azakura. She's been an Invicta, uh, Road FC. She's fought on a lot of places. She she's not you know Kana is still young in MMA years. So I'm just surprised that like that that the lack of, of knowledge about I, people. I, I'm guessing Kana maybe won won over more people than you thought. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was ridiculous how people were dismissing Hamazaki. That like, oh, Kana's gonna walk through her. And it's like you, if you've seen a Kana fight, uh, if you've seen a, a Hamazaki fight, you know that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen at all. And that's that's exactly what happened here. She starched her on top, uh, 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 standing. Uh, she starched her on the ground, and this was a case of somebody who's who's more experienced in and and was levels of martial arts than Kana was. It's not to say Kana's bad. You know, it's like with, with Reina and Kana. Kana is just a, a level above Reina, and I think that Hamazaki is a level above uh, Hama, uh, Asakura. Uh huh. You got, you got the triangle there. Oh, yeah. But, you know but, but despite that, though, you know, you got to give Kana credit, you know, because she made it this far. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see, he pegged her to win the Super Atomweight Grand Prix. Let's not forget that. She had to win a qualifying match to be to be even be in the tournament. Rena was given a spot by default. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, and, this you know, I've always had an issue when, when people try to really overhype fires or fires get pushed too fast on an upper no, mobility. Yeah, I don't think she was pushed too fast though, because she was, you know, fighting people. You know what I mean? It wasn't like she was fighting jobbers. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, she has a fight coming up in Deep Jewels, uh, Kana Azakura. Um, so, you know, so you know, is, you know, I feel like, you know, Kana will be fine. This loss, you know what I mean, it's a, it's a setback, but, you know, but remember, she's, oh, this is only her second loss in Rising. Remember, the only time she lost was in her debut in Rising against Alyssa Garcia, and that was by decision. Yes. And Kana has pretty much been on, how, what was her win streak before, before, uh, 14? I can find that. Um, I'll find that for you in a second. Uh, yeah, cause she, cause she was on a big roll. Oh, that she was. Eight fight win streak. Think about it. And how old 
old is she? 20? 20, 21 right now? I believe 21. she's... Yeah. Yeah. How often do you see anyone in 21 with an eight-fight win streak? Hmm, not that often. And the opponent that she's fighting uh, on Deep Jewels 23, uh, March 8th, uh, 2019, she's they fighting... Champion. It's a non-title match. Yeah, Tomo Mesawa. Tomo Mesawa. Maisawa. Um, yes, she's the atom weight um champion there, but it's not going to be a title fight. Which you know that leads me to believe that they want Connor to win that match. Either Ryzen or Deep Jewels, one of them. Yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't want her. You know, leading with Deep Jewels' belt. And also, she did fight for a title recently. She just lost. You can make the argument that you just lost a title fight. You know, why should you fight for another title so quickly? Yeah, but still fighting the champion is still a big deal, though. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. But title shot at Jules. But here's the thing, you know, Kana has to win that match. I think Kana must win that match. If she doesn't, then then we're going... Then I don't know who else they're going to... Um, they're not, no, she's not going to pull a Rena. She's not going to, like, she's not going to pull a Rena and disappear for mm -hmm. a little while. Um, so, I mean, here's the, you know... And, 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 dude, she's young. You know what I mean? She's young. You know what I mean? She, her time, I feel her time will come. Her time will come where she will get the Super Atomway title. Um, and by the way... Needs, she just needs to, you know, to get more, you know, experience... You know, add some stuff to her style. Use what brought you to the dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, curious to know. So we have, So the big question now is, who does Hamazaki fight next? Will you guys have uh, any ideas? Uh, all right. Here's how we do this. We make a ranking list. We put a ranking list. Here's the high, the super atomly hierarchy in my opinion. Ayaka's one. Kana's two. Ren is three. Miu is four. Alyssa would be five. Andy oh, Nguyen would probably be sixth. Cassie yeah. Rob with her stripping ass, you would probably be seventh. <laughs> yep, Maria Oliveira would be eight. And Irene Cabello, assuming if she ever comes wants to come back to, to Ryzen, she would be nine. Or anyone who is adamantly in the D Jules uh, roster. Mm -hmm. I actually do have some popular contenders. Um... And so, uh, the idea from earlier for a contender match. Well, here's well here's the thing. Well, you know, you're obviously mentioned Kana, and they'll probably do a rematch at some point. I don't know how much longer they should they should wait. You know, Kana has to get a win or two. I would say, I would think. Then you could do the well, rematch. Say that you know that he want that he's keeping the rematch in the back pocket for right now. Uh, Reina said she's not going to fight Hamazaki. So, and. Yeah, very clear that she is not going to be fighting Hamasaki. She was the champion. And even if she was, she's you know she's dealing with that anemia and dehydration stuff. So like she wouldn't even be. I wouldn't unless she, unless she's a hundred and ten percent. I wouldn't even consider her for any fights for the next. I would even I would even say like half, half year just to be safe. Because if Rena is not going to fight Hamasaki, she might as well go to the flyweight Grand Prix then. Yeah. Um. Now here's the thing. I think that you got to have some. You got, you got to have Hamasaki fight. Not necessarily some cans, but you gotta have them fight some, uh, I guess, mid lower mid level card uh, fighters. And I do have some, yeah. I have some names uh, here. Yeah. Oh yeah, but also here's an, an important thing to note: um, Bellator does not have an atom weight or super atom weight division. True. Um, they don't even have a flyweight division for the men. 
True. So if you go cross Bellator off the list, we're going to have to use people from the Allied promotion. So oh. Deep Jewels, Hood FC, um, Shudo, or any of the other other allies. So here, so here are the other people who who I'm interested to hear uh, what you think. So she didn't fight at Ryzen 14, but she still appeared and she still made weight. What about Samantha Jean Francois? That's true. She would have to win at least a match. She would need to at least win a match before facing Ayaka. I would say she did. She did appear, and she'd be a she'd be a good low level fighter to put against Hamazaki just to give Hamazaki one like tile defense as a possibility. Yeah, my one suggestion though, Samantha needs to lead, win at least one fight. Um, another uh, opponent I have in mind. Uh, or, or a suggestion. So, what about Alyssa Garcia? She have to win some in Ryzen. Um, she's she, uh, win, a content, win, win, win against me. Maybe a win against Miu, and maybe call her out then. Okay. Uh, she, also, Hamazaki did defeat Alyssa Garcia already by decision last year as well. So keep that in mind. But also, Garcia is on a two-fight win streak as well outside of Ryzen. Yeah. Um, so you know, Garcia is a possible. What about um, now, Christian? You're gonna need to help my help with this uh, name, C- Sylvia Juskeswicz. Yes, who was in the Super Amway tournament that they had uh, a few years ago? Hey, I wouldn't mind seeing her compete in. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing her compete in MMA again because I think she hasn't had a fight since. 2017, since late 2017, actually, in Verizon. Well, here's the thing. Oh, she... Wait, 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 really? She hasn't fought since the Super Atomweight Grand Prix? I hate to interrupt, um, Christian. She I hate to... The last time I checked, she was in... I mean, the last time I checked, she was probably competing in shoebox and against Trainer. I hate to interrupt you, Christian, but she has fought twice since then. And... Oh! Um, for Ladies Fight Night and TKO... And she her she's on a two fight win streak with one finish in the second round. Okay, cool. So she you know you have somebody with a win. She did compete. She did lose in the Adam Blake tournaments, but nonetheless she still she's does have two wins. Now here's here's the big one, and I think it's the one that maybe would make the most sense or would be in the right direction. Miyu Yamamoto. Okay, who do you got? Miyu Yamamoto, three fight win streak in Ryzen. What do you think? Miyu versus Hamazaki next. Um, it could work. I say Miyu will win one more fight before making that happen. What do you think, Christian? Hey, I think, like he said, she would need to win one more fight before getting herself into contention. And I got two more. I got two more names. Either way, you still need to beat Kana to get the title shot. Um, do you think, uh, well, I don't, I, I don't know if, uh, well, here's the thing, Kana's, she, she's number two in ranking, uh, in the, in the ranking system, but also, right now, she just lost, so technically, she's, she, in terms of, of title contention, she would be in the back of the line, though, I would say, so, like, if, you would then go for whoever's number three or number four, presumably, uh, no, I thought it 
it was like you know, one of those things like you know you win the contender fight then you beat the person you know who was two in rank to get the official shot. I think so. If if the fight is a is a very well, uh, I don't know. Like I don't think I don't see rankings that way. I I would see whoever whoever number two whoever she is defeat number two is defeated by, uh, number one defeats number two and then number three becomes the next contender. Doesn't necessarily mean they become number two in rankings. They're just the next. They would be next in line if there was a title shot like next month or or two months after. You know what? Come to think of it, I come to think of it as Mark or Mark Q of Wombat fights. I mean, I mean, shit. WMMA Wombat. She based. I don't know if it's a she, but still, this person basically asked, "Would a fight between Kana Asakura and Alyssa Garcia be available?" I think so. You know. She did beat Kana. Give the rematch. I think that's a... That's yeah, and, and, and you know, Kana's a draw. Let's not forget that. She does draw. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and here are the other two names I have. And this is... You'd have to deal with Road FC if you were to get either right. of these two opponents. And I think Christian knows who I'm already talking about uh, uh-huh. for, for two possible contenders for uh, Hamazaki. Either Jin Yu yeah. Frey or Seo Ham. Isn't Ayaka pushing for, uh, for him? Yeah. Sorry, Joseph, what was that? What, isn't Ayaka pushing for uh, So He Ham, the fighter? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know. Um, is So He Ham the uh, champion right now for Road FC? Yep. World Animal Champion is So He Ham in Road FC. I don't think that fight's going to happen because of politics. You know they're not going to put the. They want to keep their champion strong. The other issue as well is they fought twice before, and Hamazaki defeated her both times. The only way I can see this work is if they do the same agreement that they have with Bellator, where you know whoever the title the Adam title will be on the line in Ryzen, and then the rematch would be for Road FC's belt. Uh huh. That's the only way I can see that fight happening with Ham. What about Invicta though? Uh, being that Jin Yu Frey is their uh, Adam Weight champion. That would also draw down to politics because of the fact that in order for them to, in order for Shannon Knapp and Julie Katzi and the people of Invicta to bring Jin Yu Frey over to Ryzen, they would probably have to work out a special agreement. A similar deal with, like they have with Bellator. Yeah, but then again, seeing the fact that the UFC puts over Invicta fights on their platform without owning the promotion outright, they would again they would have to make a special agreement. Yeah, and also I have the fact that you know um, that either I, I feel like you know with UFC they might be they might pull some shady shit. Of course they would. Who who would say uh, Road FC? The UFC. No, I feel- oh, I thought you said oh, okay. Um. It's no, very. UFC's an ally. Oh yes, yeah. Um, I don't know if if Invicta is that much on the UFC radar that they would really give a shit, honestly. Um, that's the thing is, yeah, it's gonna be hard to find yeah, opponents. Well, yeah, well, you know how, yeah, yeah, well, you know how MMA politics is like, dude. Yeah, I know. It's too bad that Mei Yamaguchi is uh, with one now. That could have been a good, interesting rematch as well. Here's the thing as well. Here's the thing as well. Gucci, that, that, that traitor. 
the thing is that 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 Hamazaki has defeated almost all the top lightweights. Uh, super, no, excuse me, not lightweights, super atomweights in the world. So it's kind of hard to really put up against people that she hasn't really fought. I mean, she's that's the thing is that uh, other does she there's not a lot of people that she's really I can think of. You know, other other than the ones who fought in Ryzen that she hasn't fought. So it's, well, here's one of those here's one of those times where we're gonna have to travel the ends of the earth. So that's why I'm thinking, like, out of watch all them, the fights, watch them, yeah, yeah, watch end up watch them end up finding somebody. Just watch. You know, that's why I think that out of all those those matches, I think that Miyu was the one that ha- that made the most sense. Uh, will make the most sense eventually. Yeah, no, no, but, yeah, but just watch, just watch. Um, you know how you know Rise has a habit of finding these unknown these unknown people from out of nowhere. Yeah. Watch them travel the ends of the earth, and they find more of unknown people to put against her. And you never know, you know what I mean? Justine Hobble was an unknown, and look how 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 and look how that turned out. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's Rise, true. That's true. It might be, and Rise is the only one that you know they'll find these got these people in all these other countries that are untapped. Maybe Justine Hobble could make uh, could cut down the to uh, one hundred and eight pounds. Who knows? <laughs> No, 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 but I'm saying, you know, Ryzen has a, you know, one of Ryzen's strength. They can find these guys from, you know, from all these organizations and from other countries that are untapped. Yeah. You never know. They find somebody. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, Hamazaki, the first ever. And, and, don't, and don't forget, we have a new generation of super atom weights now in the organizations in Japan. So, you know, she hasn't faced every super atom weight. Oh, she's fought a lot of the top ones, though. She's fought a lot yeah, of the top ones. But, yeah, yeah, but don't forget, you got ones in the, you know, you got, you, you, yeah, but you know, you got the ones that you haven't tried from the other organizations. You know what I mean? The yeah. new generation. And honestly, actually, the, um, yeah, that's the, yeah, I know. Um, so if you put her against new generation opponents in Super Adam Wii from the other organizations, there you go. You get fresh matchups. It's fun. So basically, you have to find, it'll have to be the young person toppling down the, the older, experienced veteran Hamazaki. Wouldn't that be a good storyline? Oh, it'd be a great storyline. I think it's a lot hard. I think it's gonna be a lot harder to do because, like I said, Hamazaki is a lot better. Is a lot people. I think a lot of people do not give her the credit that she deserves. Her only. Hey, well, hey, hey, man! You have these young, hungry fighters in Super Atom Weight and other promotions, right? And you know they would chomp at the bit to get that opportunity. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, I have to say, you know. Gr- and it will help build Hamasaki's record and add, and build prestige for the Super Atom Weight title. Absolutely. But good on... A, sorry, go ahead, Joseph. I feel, that, I feel that, you know, this is a good opportunity to use, you know, Super Atom Weights, like the new generation of Super Atom Weights. And, and there you go, you get fresh matchups. You never know. One might get lucky and beat her. You never know. You know what I mean? Remember, anything can happen in MMA. Um, yeah, well, let's see. Right, right now, Fight Matrix puts... Uh, Hamazaki as the number one uh, atom weight in the world. Um, this, this is as of January 13th, 2019. Number two is Siohi Ham. Three is Khan Azakura. Four is Jin Yu Frey. Five is Ashley Cummins. Six is Tomo Mesawa, who will be fighting Khan Azakura in Deep Jewels. Yeah, I mean, hell, just the fact that Kana is number, what was she, number three? Uh, number three, yeah. Just the fact that she's number three in, in Super Atom Weight in the world is still, you know, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? That shows that, you know, she is a name and she is a draw. 
And you got other you got other people as well. Um, they all they all fight for deep jewels or Invicta, basically, is what the rankings I'm looking at uh, yeah, other than so, Ryzen. Yeah, so yeah. So here's what you do. All those deep jewel fighters want to fight on Ryzen, right? Yeah. So have those young those young hungry deep jewel fighters fight Ayaka. Well, you think if 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 if, if Kana's defeated by by Tomo, you think uh, you then give Tomo a shot at Hamazaki? Yes, I feel if if Tomo wins, I feel she or she gets the right to face Ayaka for the title. If she could end up leaving as a double champion, you know what I mean? Hey, and, great. You know these other you know young young fighters from Deep Jewels. You know what I mean? You know they would want that opportunity. What do you think about that, Christian? Yeah, you, you got plenty of fresh matchups. Like Gary, what do you think? We need your input, yeah. Gary. Ah, uh, no. One championship got him. Um. I'm looking at. I'm just looking at. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, basically what I was trying to say was they would probably love to have that opportunity, but they would need to get to the back of the line first. Mm hmm. Well, I'm saying if. if, if if Khan is defeated by Tomo, do you then would you then uh, put Tomo to fight Hamazaki at a Ryzen show? Hey, probably so. That's hey, you know they're look, man. They're, that's that's money on the table. Champion versus champion. You know people would pay to see that. Uh -huh. It's right Ryzen versus Deep Jewels. Hey, sorry, Christian. Could you speak a little bit louder? I couldn't hear you. Yeah, I would love. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight happen. Tomo versus Ayaka. You know, Ryzen versus Deep Jewels. And also, think about it this way. It helps Deep Jewels. Yeah, because it gets them over, and it gets deep over, I mean, in the long run. So, you know, and, you know, and, and you know, that's, you know so, so it would be a big deal for, for Deep Jewels. That's what I'm saying. You know, those Deep Jewel, you know, girls from in the Super Atom League division, they could challenge Ayaka for the title, you know, when they, whenever those opportunities come. Now, seeing the fact that we basically done and dusted on—I mean, done and dusted on this topic—can we get to the co-main event? I'll just say, great win for Hamazaki. Impressive finish. Good on her. Glad she won the two. Uh, don't worry, your time will come. Just you know, bounce back. Okay. Now let's go ahead and go to the co-main event because I think we elapsed our three-hour mark. I mean, I think we elapsed the three-hour mark at this point. I'm pretty sure we're over three hours. Oh, yes, we are. We are. But that's where editing comes in. Yep. And, yeah, and with the power, and, and as, as, as one person said on the uh, on the stream that I was watching on Fight, or from when we were talking about the preview, the people's main event, as people were saying. Oh, yeah. We had the ultimate crossover showdown between Bellator and Ryzen. First time ever. Yep, and it was to crown the first ever Ryzen Bantamweight champion. The Gooch, Kyoji Horiguchi, defeated the Wolf, Darian Caldwell, via submission due to a guillotine chunk. 14 seconds into round number three. With the win, Horiguchi improves. No, with the win and the title of new and first ever Bantamweight champion for Ryzen Fighting Federation, Kyoji Horiguchi improves to 26-2, while Darian the Wolf Caldwell 
drops down to 12 and 2 and loses his first fight in, well actually, no, he loses his second fight overall, but he lost his first fight since losing to Joe Taimanglo back at Bellator 159 in July of 2016. But anyways, the post-fight notes from Mike Skype. First of all, for Darian Caldwell, he felt inexperienced because he never fought in a ring before prior to this bout. He says that fighting in Ryzen was the greatest experience of his life and he would love to do it again. And, of course, with the previous stipulation of him possibly defending the to a battle, he would love to have a trilogy fight with those. I mean, he would love to have a trilogy fight with Horiguchi if the circumstances come to. As for Horiguchi, he was relieved to successfully represent Japan in the first Ryzen World title bout. He's ready to go into the Bellator cage with another belt, and he's planning on getting finished in the Hold on, Christian. I can't hear you. Somebody, who's got the TV on very loud? I can. Okay, that's better. That's better. For this, we need your we need your yeah, interest. And, and, yeah, and their contract and Bellator is contractually obligated. Yeah. So if you if you guys remember when we were discussing before the fight, I was talking about how stylistically, you know, the the ring and pride rules favored Haraguchi a little bit, and it and it played out just like that, where where the wrestling wasn't quite the same without the cage. I have a feeling it's going to be the opposite in the cage. He's going to get stuffed and beaten up, and then hopefully they do the trilogy in Ryzen. Wait, really but I, um, I might have to disagree with that because Horiguchi has fought in a cage in the UFC. He fought in a cage, but the size difference, like when Cowboy went up to featherweight and fought Noad Lahat, he did not look small. He didn't look any smaller than, you know, he's like 5'10", 74-inch wingspan. Like he sized like a good-sized featherweight, like uh, AJ McKee size. I, yeah, I'll say this, you know, sorry to interrupt you, Teep, but the... I, too, I think in the cage, he's just going to, he's going to stuff him. I the size difference between between Gucci and Caldwell cannot be overstated. It was an incredible size difference, not only in height 
but in body size. Just musculature yeah. of, of Caldwell, his 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 arm length, just he, like he was. I don't know how he looked like a giant compared to. He looked two weight classes above Horiguchi. Right, and freaking Horiguchi did the whole curve and he, said, he ate his vitamins and said his prayers. Hmm. Yeah, well, without the cage, it's hard to pin someone down in the ring the same way because you go out the cage if you just blast them into the vertical surface. You know, there isn't a barrier. But here's a cage, T. It's a lot different. And Cowboy's so big and so good at wrestling. He even said that having the not having a cage there, having the, the, the gap under the ring ropes hurt his wrestling game. I mean, well, you know, here's the thing, T. He, I would like to ask you this. So, watching yeah. this fight, so uh, within it was it went almost three, almost the full distance, three rounds. Uh, would you say Caldwell's game plan was smart? And what well, when he because he was winning this fight until the very end, he really was. Well, I would dis I would disagree with that. So because it's because the, it's whole fight judging, so you're never ahead on rounds. And it's based on damage and. And near finishes. So it, early in the fight, he almost got the armbar on him. You know, this, whatever it was, the arm lock. Yeah. So he was winning at that point. But takedowns on their own are like fourth out of five criteria. They mean basically nothing. It's the damage you do. And Haraguchi was hitting with like five, six dozen little tiny punches. Actually, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. In the first round, he actually hit Colbo so hard that he actually fell down in the corner. Right, but I'm saying you could you could have argued. It, Going into the second round, the Cowboy was ahead because he nearly finished the fight. That that arm lock would look nasty. At the time, yeah. I was pretty drunk, but I thought it was it. But <laughs> he survived yeah. it. But but Cole, Cole, was, that Cole, Cole, I think he asked himself like, in the third round. Right, but after he was just wrestling and Haraguchi's landing all these little punches, little arm punches, they all add up, and those do count under the rules that the only guy delivering damage was Haraguchi toward the end of the fight. So once he snatched the guillotine, I had him starting turning the fight, I, I would have argued he might have been ahead because the consistency of doing something compared to Cowboy just wrestling. Wrestling doesn't mean anything on its own over there, really. That's a good point. Um, that is a good point. You can't be like, I was on top in the missionary position, so I win. They're like, well, who was, were you hitting the guy? Did he hit you? Like, they don't penalize being on bottom like it's some macho thing. It's like, who delivered some damage? And So it favored Haraguchi as far as survive the wrestling and just just do stuff be really busy uh in the cage it's a different game i think he's gonna blast double into the fence pin him with one arm or get a wrist ride and then pound him out i just i don't want that to happen but that's what i see happening by the way also just to remind uh, everybody in the first round we almost had a, a, a repeat of what halsey and jerry had you remember caldwell almost threw him out of the ring yeah, with like a takedown really used to the setting but um uh, so you had you had you had Gucci winning, uh, uh so far. That was interesting because I had I had called. I had, I had him getting ahead, like basically by the time after like the fifth or sixth set of dozen punches, like all those little punches. At that point, he's doing more. Huh. So it's like you know, do sixty small punches count more than and uh, submission? Kyoji did give Kyoji did give a nice uh teep kick to the body that did not call well down at the end of the first round. So, like, yeah, you could give him that as well. I don't know. I thought the second round, though. Go. Yeah, I feel that Horiguchi, when he did the teeth kick at the, end of the, at the end of that round, he should have rushed right in to finish him right there. I don't think there would have been enough time. I don't think there would have been enough time. Because he had right where he wanted him. Yeah, but I would say if, if like, if, if the fight had continued like that to the end, 
Haraguchi would have won a decision because you can't just be threatening one time in the whole fight and then get clipped with some hard shots and then a billion little ones and expect to win under that criteria. They're not looking for that. And uh, to their credit, the commentators were making that very clear. They were saying, or at least one Right. I mean, otherwise, they should have been stood up at one point. Calvo was doing nothing. The, the ref was warning him, but it's like, don't keep warning him. You can warn him and then stand him up. And that would have favored Haraguchi too, because he's his in and out movements just. So uh, what? So in the third round, he went for that takedown, and he was basically just holding him down, holding him down the entire round. And the referee restarted. He didn't. He restarted them on the in the same position. But I think what happened. But then he he like he he told him to stop. And then when he said fight, that's when Gucci went right for that guillotine. Do you think that that Caldwell didn't even realize that he was open to that guillotine, or do you think he was gassed? He was gassed. He said after the fight that he left his neck open, that he made a mistake, and that he had made that he made a similar mistake with uh, Tymaglo, and he fixed it. And I forget his exact terminology. Basically, he said he fixed that. He's going to do it again. Back to the drawing board. He's going to fix that. I think he just, he underestimated how the rule set and the setting would affect his particular game. He's a wrestler. You know, in the cage, that's his home. Uh, it's different going over there. King Mo found that shit out, right? Yeah. Didn't yeah, but, yeah, but don't forget. King Mo, yeah, but King Mo won a Grand Prix, though. He did, but uh, fighting Crow Cop, who has, like, some serious underhooks, you know, his prop and pound is a level above the guys that... <laughs> King Mo fought that, who are good but they're not that kind of fighter with the power shots and uh, yeah he got stood up because he wasn't posturing up and then Krokop was landing and then he stuffed took him out in the corner you know yeah. um, in what, the cage I would pick uh, King Mo all day what do you think what, so, what, what, now also I don't know if any of you saw the video the press conference uh, after with Caldwell Caldwell left midway through yeah, he he was ba- he was getting asked questions about the loss and all that stuff. I think he just I think he got frustrated just get, being asked about it. He was because he was like, hey, everybody, this was great. I love being here. Thank you very much. Take care. He's probably pretty emotional. I mean, he didn't want to talk any like he didn't want to talk any further about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounded like you know he 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 talked about it long enough to the point that like okay, you know what, I'm just gonna go back to my hotel room. Or some sushi. Yeah, um, yeah, well, you know, yeah, but you know, but yeah, but he should be used to that by now on press conference. That's kind of how this works. Well, he's only lost the one fight, and the opponent missed weight, so this is like his first on weight loss of his career. He's probably took it pretty hard in the moment, but he'll just right. use the fuel. He's yeah, insanely yeah. driven. Yeah, he's acting as if he's been humiliated. No, I mean, I think he just expected that to be his big moment. He knew he was much bigger. He knew what he would do to him in a cage because. He has that feel for the game, but um, when you go over I there, feel, uh, yeah, I feel, I, yeah, I feel that he should have done his research. Also, I think he thought he was winning the fight. I'm gonna guess his corner probably was telling that as, as telling him that as well. I really believe that he thought he was winning that fight because he just kept on doing the same stuff over and over. So he's like, oh yeah, I'll just do this and then I could win this fight. And then, oops, I hope I left my neck neck open. Shit. Oh no. From from what I remember, afterwards he was saying that. Uh, he wasn't sure if he was ahead, so he just he wanted to go hard in the third, and it and it, it, it cost him. So maybe maybe him pushing a little harder, not being sure, left him exposed. But uh, Gucci was smooth with that guillotine. He didn't just like power into it. He just slid in there, and yeah. once he had the 
No one reminded me of. Do you remember when uh, Chael Sonnen tapped out Shogun Rua with that guillotine? It reminded me exactly like that. Oh my god, I couldn't believe Chael did that. Respect to him, man. I think it was, oh, yeah, that, um, was that from the Butterfly Guard? Oh, yeah, or was there's that from... actually an elephant. Sorry, go ahead, Joseph. Yeah, um, there's also an elephant in the room. And it, uh, it also kind of coincides with uh, with the main event as well. Did you guys ever see on Twitter that people were trying to call um, the Kalo Horaguchi fight a fix? Oh, I don't know if you guys saw you, you guys saw that too, right? I saw it. it was on the thing, guys. Don't sweat that. That was just a bunch of shills trying to uh, bring down the the prestige. Um, but again, like I said, fuck those people. So now, now there's a bunch of spam on Twitter and all the major forms. There's a bunch of spam. You got to ignore a lot of that negativity. So now that so now the rematch is going to be for the Bellator Championship. Is that right, Teep? In a Bellator cage? That's, that's right. And if if Gucci wins it, uh, Sakagabara will send him over at least once a year to defend. Okay. Yeah, that, and, it, and it was also the same if Darian would have won the Ryzen Bantamweight title that Kogu would that he would have to defend the title once a year at least. Exactly. And and coming up on January twenty sixth, the Bellator two fourteen, you got um, Bandeas who beat Gallagher's ass, gave him his first loss. He's 11-1 fighting um, Juan Arculeta, who's 21-1. Um, and really, that's the number one contender fight. But they're going to do the rematch, I imagine. So they'll have to work it out. But they've got some... But it's not a deep division, so once a year title defense isn't as crazy as it would be in a deep one. Who would you, you say... Know what? Come to think of it, I gotta say, if they're going to have a Bellator title fight in the summer... Between Horiguchi and Caldwell, the winner of Archuleta versus Bandejas can fight in the fall, or maybe around this time next year. I imagine they'll pair him off one more time. They'll have him fight one more time. Maybe the uh, Dominic Mazada. He's 14 and two bantamweight, badass dude. I think his only loss in 12 fights was to AJ McKee at featherweight. So he's a bantamweight. He's a badass. He got injured, but when he comes back, he would be a righteous thing. Or if Gal. Gallagher wins, maybe pair him up with the winner of uh, Bandeas Arculeta. There's some pieces in movement. How? Just, what uh, about uh, Dantes? What's Dante? How? What's Dante's been doing lately in Bellator? He's booked, he's booked to fight on the Mohegan Sun event. Uh, I think it's two fifteen. It's the Friday or the Saturday. I forget. But one of the doubleheader cards. He's fighting. I forget who he's fighting, but he's back. I'll get to see that live. That's pretty badass. I've never seen him live. Okay, so we got so those are po what about possible Ryzen belt uh, belt uh, champion contenders for Gucci? Who do you guys have in mind, if any? Ogi Kubo. Wait, did you say? Oh, uh, Joseph. Ogi Kubo. Um, here's the thing. I'm gonna disagree with that for two reasons. Uh, well, the two reasons are that that. That Horiguchi's already defeated him twice, and most recently, just a few months, uh, last year around uh, August, July. He would have to at least get two. Sorry, who's that? who's that? I uh, was gonna, I was gonna ask, when are they planning their second show of the year? They're gonna do April, and then what, May? I yeah, they got April right now, but what about um, what uh, I don't, it may do a smaller show for May. Maybe, but right now only the April show is set in stone. How about in my how about opinion, as far as and I'm sorry to interrupt, 
tape. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> but I think the proper contender, I mean, I think a proper contender for Kyoji Horiguchi would be Kai Asakura. That's one of the guys I have here. That's one of the guys I have here. Four five win streak. Um, but he did have a questionable uh, split decision win against Cape, and like I said before, I wasn't too impressed with his last two wins, but he's nonetheless on a 4-5 win streak in Ryzen. Yeah, Oka Sasaki would be a future shot. Uh, it, but here, you could do Oka Sasaki against Matoya, and then the winner of that would face Horiguchi. Or you could just have, I think you could do Matoya. You could you could put him in there as well. He's on a 5-5 five, five yeah, win streak. Yeah, but that's dependent on if Yuki Matoya can defeat Josh Barnett's protege, Victor Henry, at this upcoming deep show. I'm going to assume, I'll assume he does. I'll assume he does. And if he does, then I think he's got a bit a better shot to uh, fight Matoya without having to even go through Sasaki, if you want to go that route. Uh, other names I have. Um, Anthony Burchek. But then again, then again, if in the possibility of Victor Henry pulls off the upset, maybe we could possibly see him in contention for some Bantamweight gold and rising. Exactly, exactly. Uh, other names I have: Anthony Burchek. Um, he has not. He hasn't had any wins in Ryzen, but he is on a on a win streak in Combate Americas. So there's that, and he hasn't fought Horiguchi yet. Uh, Otsuka, which we did, which was posted as a possible dream match by Saku Wandikop. Um, uh, he won his last fight, uh, but was eliminated during that bantamweight tournament that they had. And the other opponent I have possibly. Gabriel Oliveira, who was defeated by Gucci in the Bamway tournament, but is now on a two-fight win streak. And where has he been fighting at? Brazil? I beg your pardon. Uh, yes, those I those were in Brazil. Those uh w those wins. Okay, just wondering. I'm feeling those, but I have a feeling we're gonna see Calvo rematch Gucci maybe in March, and then if like the second Rising Show of the Year, we see Gucci fight over there. Well, and then in maybe in April, they have them figure out who's number one contender. I have a feeling Bellator and, and Ryzen are going to do that immediate rematch. So take no chances about it getting screwed up. I that'd be good. That that'd be really good if they did. Um, is what about any Bellator contenders for Gucci uh, for Ryzen? If you were to say anybody, Teep, who who would you think would be a good contender? Um, well, four, fourteen and two, Mazada. He's a He's on a two-fight streak, but really, he's on a longer, much longer streak if you only count bantamweight. He will be good when he rehabs. He's he's a badass little dude. He got he was over undersized versus McKee, so he got knocked out Krokop style. But his other fights, you can see he's a badass. Maybe even Gallagher, if they do some kind of crazy thing there, if he wins his next fight in Dublin, they could do that. But uh, really, their bantamweight is pretty thin. Wait, could AJ McKee make... Could he make Bantam weight, do you think? Or is he too big to make Bantam weight? No, he wants to win the featherweight title and then go up to lightweight. Basically, I think right after. That was the impression I got. He's, he's big. He He's going to end up at lightweight. Maybe sooner rather than later. I, I have a suspicion Bellator might offer him a title fight versus Chandler to make way for, McKe for Pico. If Pico beats Corrales and looks amazing, they might just try and speed up that process. What about Higo? He goes possible, but um, he's coming off some he's coming off some losses. I mean, he's a badass too, but I'm wondering if they'll have him fight Mazada, which would be a great fight. The winner of that would have some momentum because Mazada's proven at that weight, and Higo, you know, he's coming off 
you know, pretty ugly loss. I mean, he got smashed. It's a... Pico, you know, like Pico's special. He's, he's another level of, you know, you can't judge him by his record. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh. they would be, there would be an outcry that they even booked him against 16-3 and three Corrales, who's a serious guy, serious featherweight. So other than other than belt and then a rematch with Caldwell and Gucci, there isn't a, you know, maybe Matoya or um, possibly Victor Henry. There's not a lot of people that could go up against uh, Gucci for the Ryzen title. Well, they whittled a lot of people down in the Bantamweight Grand Prix. That's true, yeah. So so he kind of like, he was like, I climbed that mountain, and then he, Caldwell visited, and he took the lineal championship off of him, and, so maybe you know the next the next hill to climb is just go win the Bellator title if you can. Question and though, come back rising and triumph. Do you do you maybe see Horiguchi maybe going even further up to maybe featherweight to try to compete in that division in Ryzen and or Bellator? I don't see it unless maybe the guy's older or it's just a choice super fight because he's small for bantamweight. He he's won the uh one twenty he he won the uh he he competed at one twenty five one thirty five I mean. Featherweight, he'd be a uh, he'd, he'd be a little shrimp in a in a big ass ponds, literally. Yeah, I mean maybe in Ryzen he could do it under under you know Ryzen rules where it favors like a mobile striker, volume striker. But um, it, it, if he comes to the cage, like as far as the cage, that's that's a tough go because the size counts so much. Just being able to lean on somebody into this this surface, they can't draw back to strike you. It's you know, see fights like Cormier when he fought Mir, he just kind of stuffed him, and then it's like, there you are. Now you're stuffed into the cage. So you're gonna stay there. I, I, so I think in the in the rising ring, maybe, but I doubt it. I doubt he'll try. He's already moved up. You know, it's not boxing. These are big weight classes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Any other thoughts? Anybody else on this uh on this fight or uh, future fights? Uh, we're good. I'll just say this. You know, I thought this was going to be the worst fight because I thought that it was going to go to all three rounds with Caldwell just smothering Horiguchi. I'm just glad that he got the win the way he did. I'll say that. Yeah, it was a great moment, too. You could see how happy everyone was. It was, you know, Takata was throwing his hands up in triumph. I mean, they were they were genuinely thrilled. I feel like that was the main point of the show with their title fights, not the freak show at the end. That was more for, like, you know, make... Make the brand famous, make pension famous. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah, we're, we're getting a lot of feedback on, from your end, Joseph. Oh no no no! There was feedback. It sounded it sounded like there was two microphones being put put next to each other. So it sounded like that. Uh, oh, it's I gone now. It's gone now. So you don't have, have to worry anymore. Yeah. Uh, you have any last minute thoughts on the on the Caldwell Gucci fight? Possible opponents for Gucci Caldwell or anything like that, that sort? No, nah, I got no got no more. I think everything was said needed to be said. And wait, hold on a second. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. One last thing, guys. Let me ask you. So are the Ryzen belts the prettiest belts in the business? Um, hmm. Actually, they're one of them. 
They're one of them. Um, they 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 definitely are. They're definitely um, aesthetically pleasing. I'll say that. Um, are they the prettiest? Hmm. I don't know. That's a tough one. Hmm. The belts look alright, though. I don't see nothing wrong with them. Yeah, it's okay. nice. They they got a they got a nice gleam to them. I, I feel like, but I, I feel like all the belts are looking pretty good right now. And I, I think there was a rumor the UFC is thinking of redesigning theirs, so that'll be interesting to see. Oh, they need they they look uh, the UFC ones. Look, you know, the dream belts were pro- were probably. I, I'm trying to remember them, but oh, actually, do you remember when um, Psy Games had their had those uh, those custom made belts for the Grand Prix? The double Dragon belts. Yes, yeah, those were awesome. Those were beautiful as fuck. Those were the goat belts, the double dragon belts, and the double dragon trophy, and all the watch. They gave him a dragon watch and shit. And I'm I'm looking at some of the dream the dream um belts. Those are pretty nice as well. Yes, please. The main of the main event in quotes. Okay. After all the talk, after all the hype, after all of everything that transpired, please no. Uh, all right, I'm back. Okay, Joseph. But yeah, after all the hype, the bout finally happened between undefeated kickboxer and mixed martial artist tension. Ninja Boy, a.k.a. Shindo Nasukawa versus, if Ralph Velez will kindly say it for me, guess who won? Connor. Uh, oh yeah, um, there actually is one thing that um, that needs to be mentioned, um, and I don't, and I think, and I think, I think it was either Bruno or Mike who brought it up. Um, there was actually a, uh, a heated, I guess, something with Mayweather intention about gloves, and uh, Floyd, I think, was wearing, I think, the ten ounce gloves, and Tension was wearing eight ounce gloves. Yeah, Floyd basically wanted to wear his Grant boxing gloves, which he normally wears, which are ten ounces. Tension was made to wear the Ryzen 8-ounce gloves. But still, point of the matter was, this fight took place at 147 pounds or 66 kilos. And of course, Floyd Mayweather Jr. defeated Tension Nasakawa via three knockdown rule. Well, actually, TKO via the three knockdown rule, which was in effect. Corner stoppage, two minutes, 19 seconds. Yeah, let me ask you you guys this one question. Did you guys hear the sound of that uppercut? (laughs) I did. I did. Did you hear the sound of of Tenshi getting hit in the chin by that uppercut? Yes. It was loud. Uh, T, did you hear the sound that Floyd, that, uh, fl- uh, uh, did you hear it, how that, the impact of the uppercut, the, to tension? Yeah, well, people might fall back. Well, here's the, also. There was no, and here's the thing, there was no screw job, there was no controversy. 
Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Justin, let me go ahead and reiterate to all the people who said it was fixed, to the people like the boxing voice, to the people who are like all those idiotic YouTubers who are reacting to the video, said, oh, this boy, he faced a boy from KBS. Oh my goodness, he facing somebody from BTS or something. No, for God's sakes, we know the fight is it. We know the fight wasn't for real. We know the impact that tension took was for real. But can y'all please, please get off this young man's nuts and basically stop saying that he's a bum because if I bet if any of y'all were to step in that ring and face off against Tension Nasakawa, he would kick your heads off like a field goal. Believe me. It's also like weight class and boxing are much more now. So I think I looked and it was like you have to come up six weight classes to box as well as Floyd and Connor box. Like they wouldn't sanction that. Of course they wouldn't. They wouldn't sanction the number one in the world that's say like <laughs> 120 something pounds versus Floyd, even though he's not really ranked at his weight. It's just too much. It, it counts too much in a sport that deep. So wait, so I want so what's I want everybody to each have their own say. And uh Christian, we can start with you, then we could go to Teep and, and then we could go to Joseph and I'll give my thoughts. So what did you think about the fight overall? The exhibition fight in quotes, Christian. Well, first of all, let me go ahead and read Mike Skype's little post it notes. Well actually I'm a read the Tension Nasakawa post-it note first, and I'm going to play back the entire post-fight interview that Floyd Mayweather had, because I think it's worth listening to, even though we're a little bit low on time, but still. Tension Nasakawa said that he was disappointed, but he believed that the fight was a good experience for him. He believed that Floyd Mayweather Jr. wasn't taking it seriously, but thinks he saw him flip a switch after tagging him for the first time with a sharp jab and expected Floyd to avoid him early and yes oh wait actually one more set of notes he says he'd never been punched as hard as he was against Mayweather he knows there was a difference in weight even though he was surprised at how bigger Floyd was than him and oh by the way he's gonna be back in the ring on March 10th for Rise in that featherweight Grand Prix so for all you idiots who basically are bashing him, keep a load of, I mean keep an eye out on him. This man's gonna be the next big thing in MM I mean this man's gonna be the next big thing in Japanese combat sports. Mark my words. Now as for Floyd, I'ma play back his post fight interview, if y'all don't mind. Oh wait. One second. Damn it. Entertainment, uh, one entertainment, Brent Johnson. I want to say thank you, 
and TMT. Good morning, Steve. Thank you. Tokyo, Japan, you guys have been amazing. And thank you. Thank you to Tension. Uh, it's all about entertainment. Just don't go on my record. Just don't go on Tension record. Tension is still undefeated. I'm still undefeated. This is just entertainment for the people. I'm still retired. I don't look forward to coming back to boxing, but, you know, I've done this just to entertain the fans in Japan. You know, uh, they wanted this to happen uh, over here in Japan. So I said, why not? So, um, once again, I'm still retired. Uh, I'm still 50 and 0. Tension is still undefeated. He's still a true champion. Uh, Tension is a, a, a hell of a fighter. Well, the one thing is, at least, you know, Floyd did put him over. And the thing about it is, he meant no ill will towards Tension. I mean, many people would probably think he would come off as this arrogant douchebag just because he's two decades older than him. I mean, just because Floyd's two decades older than Tension. But the fact of the matter is, Floyd came off very humble, not braggadocious. He came off as very respectful, despite the fact that there were reports about him not taking this fight seriously and him coming in on CTT, color people time, that is, <laughs> basically wasting fair time just to even get to Japan. I mean, hell, he was probably still in the air when the Yarnoka card happened. But the point of the matter is, even though many people do see faults in Floyd Mayweather's behavior and his attitude and the fact that he has a criminal record and I understand that because I wouldn't support his ass either because of the fact that he's a domestic abuser but the point of the matter is he came off as humble respectful and confident and he basically is putting over tension Asakawa to the point where hey I'm gonna give you this publicity and I hope you can do your best to run away with it that's what he did, and to be honest, I won't be surprised if Tension Nasakawa, despite what the, despite what the moronic ass marks think, despite what the idiots and observers and naive, I mean, and naive fans think, I mean, I do think that Tension Nasakawa is gonna be the top combat sports draw of 2019. Mark my words. That is, if he wins the Rise Grand Prix coming up, and that's all I gotta say. All right, well, it gets my seal of approval for being a cool, freaky pipe. You guys hear me? Yeah, I can yeah, hear you. Okay, okay, because I can hear in the background. Yeah, so it gets my stamp of approval. It was very entertaining. It wasn't the main fight I was looking forward to. I was I was there for Gabby Garcia and Calvo Harguchi, but I enjoyed it. It was like dessert. I saw a bit of freaky action close out the night, but I wasn't that invested in it. So I thought, it, I thought it was good, and I thought it was clever of them. They, they got a pretty good deal, $9 million for Floyd. They got international press. They had their biggest crowd, the highest rating. You know, and, it, and really, I don't think attention Floyd was the point. I think the point was Calvo hopefully coming in and losing to Haraguchi, who's already their Grand Prix champion. So now you have, like, compound argument. You have a How much you can do in his career. What a start. I think uh, that's pretty much my thoughts on that. I just really hope that we do a uh, women's overweight house for Captain I say that, you know, tension will be fine. Uh, you know, like it, like it says, it doesn't affect records. So he'll be fine. So it's, it's not really going to hurt him at all. For 
all you know, it might make him a, even a bigger draw with the other companies, with you know, with the other you know organizations he's fighting for, and you know what I mean? They made they they made their money. You know what I mean? They didn't have they didn't break bank, and I feel that you know and. And I feel that, you know, you know, Tension was given the publicity from Floyd. Now he needs to make the most of it. Uh, that's pretty much my piece on that one. I see. Hey, um, do you guys feel like we'll see him in mixed martial arts again, or do you think he'll just be kickboxing and boxing? I think kickboxing. Well, if you think about it, if you think about it, Tension's saying that he wants to apply for a boxing license in the States and continue to compete in MMA and kickboxing in Japan. Wow. Yeah, because if he would have done boxing in Japan, he would have to give up uh, his kickboxing license, and I don't think he wants to do that. Oh, it's either or? It's, I mean, it's one or the other? Yeah, it's one or the other. He can't have a license to do both. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, I didn't realize. I see. Yeah, so he it's wants basically... To it's basically been that way since the days of Pride FC when the Japanese Boxing Association would disallow any of their fighters to compete for Pride. Oh, oh, interesting. Which is exactly probably why Yosuke Nishijima fought some boxing bouts in the States like back in the day in order to get a chance to fight in the Rising Ring. I mean, in order for a chance to get to fight in the Pride Ring, that is. So, also, uh, we should have mentioned all of this. Uh, Tension came all the way to Las Vegas to chain, train with Jorge Linares. Mm-hmm. And did you know that... I'm pretty sure Tension got a pretty good pay. Oh, yeah, he definitely... Yeah, he's probably going to get more money than he'll ever see in his life. But actually, yeah, going... He's going to be taking cut out on a, on a hot date. I do think that uh, I know that he that that Floyd seemed humble in his uh, post fight speech. I think it it sounded me to more to me more like a humble brag. Well, how yeah, much want to bet that? It, how much want to bet if he would have said anything? Um, a certain group of people would have came after him. Well, I think he was just being diplomatic because he plans to. He was saying when they first announced the the ex the fight before we knew it was an exhibition, he was saying he plans to promote. TMT fighters over there and get into that market. So yes. he wasn't going to get win and then make fun attention. No, he was going to praise him, make himself look even better. Like, sure, I beat this kid easy, but I don't have to say that because you just saw it. I can give him all the props in the world, and I'll be over here promoting my fighters. So I think he's just being he's being a savvy businessman. He may not be book smart, but he is a very savvy businessman. Absolutely. Hell, he just got nine million to go beat up a guy thirty pounds lighter than him. He hasn't fought it. And I don't think he ever fought anyone as small as a pro. And that was like the first Japanese fighter to ever face him. Yeah, I mean it was brilliant, and I really enjoyed it. I got, I've got to be honest. People were getting all mad after the fight. I was like, this was great. It was just yeah, weird. And also, and also, you know, the press, you know, put attention over uh, to the Japanese press. You know, they admired, you know, his bravery for even taking the fight. Yeah, and th there was a video I saw where they said. There were about a thousand members of the press at this that stare down, that last stare down and presser thing. I mean, they really, really made a mark they hadn't made before as a company. So it's beautiful. What is so? I so just uh, well, just want to give my thoughts on it. You know, I gotta say, you know, this fight was incredibly exciting. You know, 
you, you might lie to yourself and think, you know, eh, I'm not interested in it. But when the fight came on at like 9 a.m. on a on a random Twitch channel, uh, I thought that this, I thought, you know, I was so intrigued by this fight as soon as everybody came out. So they had, they had, uh, what's his name, Rodriguez doing the, uh, his introduction? Fully did it? was, his name was Ralph. Velez. Ralph Velez. Y-A-L-P-H-V-E-L-E-Z. We had Kenny Bayless as the special guest referee of TM of Team Mayweather's team was virtually flown in. It looked like. Yeah, his son was his son was playing his music out to the ring, and I don't care what Frank Trigg says. Benny Adahilo is not a Mayweather art. It's not a Mayweather Promotions musical artist because if she would have been a Mayweather Promotions musical artist, there would have been a chance she would have walked out with a limp and probably a little lump in her belly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, you don't mean a punch I'm to just, her belly? I'm just really bashing it right now, am I? <laughs> but and also and like I said, there was no controversy. There was no foul play here. There was no cheating in this fight. There was no referee screw job. Well, here's a question I'm gonna pose. Did it look like that 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 Floyd was gonna take it like an easy exhibition match, and then and then it got turned on when when tension hit him? Um, yeah, if you, if, um, actually, actually, if you remember from part one of Rising Confessions. What the, what the boxing coach told Tension, do not tag him until the third round. He didn't take his advice. He said that the moment Tension, get, the moment tension hits Floyd, his switch is going to go off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that did happen. That's how I read it, at least, because I was like, oh, Tension's going for him, and then Floyd just turned it up, and that was it. He was yeah, calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, because he's, he's, in no way. And he got, yeah, and I think like, it was oh, you really with the... Uh, uh, the boxing coach and he was pretty much and Tension even said it in the confessions episode that people aren't telling him to not tag Mayweather until round three and he didn't take the advice paid the price uh-huh. paid the cost was, to try to beat the boss yeah but that was going to be nearly impossible to, to win I mean it's going the whole distance with any kind of vigor would have been a victory but even just getting the getting the action, getting the press, like the, the videos on their YouTube channel after the fight, Floyd had like 60,000 views, tension at half a million. That, no, it's now a million. Uh, it's yeah, not... So Floyd was not the point. Floyd exactly. never the point for um, Takata and, and Sakagabara. That The point was to get eyes on rise and attention. Floyd was the, the vehicle to bring in more fans. And they, they sure got, you know, over there, they're not like, oh, now what's Floyd doing? They're like, what's Tension doing? Because he fought the he fought a guy's relative giant. So I what? Calling Floyd a giant, but you know, so to tension, I think we can all agree. You know, obviously Mayweather doesn't look bad in this. Obviously not. I think we can all agree though that Tension also, you know, given Japanese culture, uh, doesn't look bad in this. But I will. I'm going to throw this around, and I'll and I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I talked to two uh, American friends of mine. Um, who watched the fights? Um, one uh, one is a huge boxing fan. Uh, you know, he's a big fan of Pacquiao, big fan of Mayweather. He's been watching since you know, like Gotti and all, and all those guys. Been watching boxing. Same thing with the other guy, but he's more of a casual guy. Um, what basically happened? What they both said was they thought the fight was a joke. They thought that that 
that that this tension guy looked like a, uh, uh, a like a like a geek, and it makes Ryzen look bad. Um, now, oh, obviously, not really. Not, not really. Well, here's well, we gotta put this from an American Western perspective. Does Ryzen look bad in terms of? This is the same. Have, has anyone forgotten when that one dude in Pride fought that giant sumo wrestler? But also you have to keep in mind, Pride was not within. There wasn't that much. It wasn't. It, the, the main outside of MMA, no one really paid attention to Pride. This got this got attention outside the the MMA bubble, and it's. Do you think that people who may not have ever even known about Ryzen or Tension or about this whole thing, do you think now that that they now think that maybe Ryzen is just a freak fight show promotion or something like that? Who may not? Who are just casuals? Who are casuals? Even the UFC has done show fights. Let's get let's let's get let's get real here. Well, I would I would say that the reason there was a lot of spam accounts talking about fixed fights and not just that one, but then trying to transfer it over to Gucci and Cowboy was because they want that impression left in the mainstream. That's just some old good old Zuffa Zombie dirty tricks, old school tricks. They've done it on Bellator shows too. Oh, that was a fix. That was a fix. And uh. It's just a bunch of bullshit, but but boxing fans who don't understand weight classes or choose not to acknowledge them just to look down on this, you know, they're just being kind of dumbasses about it. That's all it is. Yeah, but basically, my my overall question is: Do you think that the West that Western that the that in in Sakaki Bar talked about this? Uh, and the, and have they have they have they, have they not? Have they not forgotten that exhibition has a completely different meaning in Japan than it would be in the, in America? That's true, but what? But well, here's and also, the, and also, don't forget that this is not a sanctioned boxing bout. But here's the thing: Westerners are not gonna care about that. They're they're not gonna do the research to find it out. So yeah, I'm just keep just keep that in mind as well. But that's because yeah, totally. Westerners are fucking dumbasses. And let me go ahead and make this record straight: Ryzen is by no show fight promotion. Just because. We've seen some crazy shit so far, like Waluto Kaido Hoverson or Bob Sapp versus Osuna Rashi Kintaro. It's not going to be anywhere near the level of what Pride FC was, for obvious reasons, just because of this damn fight. And I'm tired of people basically saying that, oh, JMMA is nothing but freak show fights. Shut the fuck up and watch some real fighting. Not that UFC bullshit you watch. I think what happens is people get in a bubble and because they can control their access to content, they get, you know, like they're, like we do it in MMA all the time where we act like things are bigger than they are or that the loud, vocal, few, hardcore fans are the most important thing to these companies. You know, so like there are going to be dumbasses. There are people who are trying to say that, oh, Connor almost beat Mayweather. Like they didn't see him being carried. They just didn't want to see it. They were like, well, they saw being carried for 10 rounds before he got his ass handed to him. Well, it, he got carried for like eight and a half or maybe nine, nine and a half. And then, and then as soon as he turned it up, it, Mayweather hardly broke sweat, but people don't want to see that. Just like there might be some people like, oh, tension. I don't know. I don't know if they can even make an excuse for that. Something that one sided, but people have to understand weight class is an experience. They count a lot in boxing. Mayweather's had, you know, 50 pro fights an exhibition and a hundred and something amateur fights. He well, was gonna beat here's the other thing. I'm gonna, some crazy shit happened. I I know it was it was touched upon as well with the MMA media, and uh, I don't know if anybody saw Conor McGregor's, oh, not Conor McGregor, excuse me, Chael Sonnen's most recent video, where he had talked about uh, Conor uh, challenging tension. 
Chael's not even acknowledging the name of Tenshin Nasukawa correctly anymore. Did anybody see that video? No, I didn't. If he is, if he ain't acknowledged my name, he's a jackass. No, he was he was deliberately calling him the wrong name. He was calling him like Tep, Tempin Nakakawa. Chell is going to do oh his thing. Again. He's going to be both people. Being, you know, the king and like, oh, he's all, he's took jabs at him for so many years against Pride, but then he he fought, you know, I remember that time after all that he, he fought Fedor that one time. Chael fought Fedor, you remember that? I forget what year it was, but man, he got his ass beat. He got that was last year. Was that? Really? That was last. Uh, that was last year. It was. I was. No, I'm being sarcastic, man. <laughs> that was that was absolutely phenomenal. He talked shit for so long, fixed fights, all this stuff. He got his ass beat so bad, people were accusing him of throwing the fight. So, actually, here's how bad he got beat. Actually, just want to pose this question as well. Why do you think that the fixed fight thing for this fight was so strong? And why was it so prevalent? Spam. If this fight was really fixed, tension would have won. Yeah, because the Yakuza would have been all over Floyd's ass. You gotta understand, guys, there's always spam going on. There's always PR games and things. And, uh, you know, the big Bellator fights, there's usually a theme of attack from the UFC, like the Shill Army. And they, yeah, they, they like, go negative. They don't just fluff the company, they go really negative. And this is more than 10 years old. I've been dealing with Shill forums forever. I felt this was, I felt it was, I felt it was so strong for this one. I, and it's still going on. And here's the thing as well. It, MMA media, Western media, was even posing the question of this being a fixed fight. You know, Ariel, I didn't see Ariel doing that. No, not Ariel, but I'm talking like MMAfighting.com. Um, I know Ariel. I know Ariel wasn't doing that. I know Luke Thomas wasn't doing that. Um, but you know, some people were saying that Robin Black was asking questions about the about the fight. So if you want to play, yeah, he thought it, he would, he came out saying he thought it looked. And then, but I think he got a big outcry, and then he came back and was like, "Well, I just saw some of the argument. I, I tuned out a little bit. Anyone who thought that was fixed, I, I lost some respect for them. I like Robin; he's very entertaining. But if you're there thinking, if you're genuine, if you're not working for somebody and you genuinely think that was fixed, like you can't figure out why it was so one-sided. I just, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's not a serious person talking. That's not a serious position. You know, it'd be like someone who said Muhammad Ali sucks; he never fought anyone. And you'd be like, well. Or, or Fedor sucks and never fought anyone. You just, it's just not a serious position to take. You know, you can't really... It's just some words, some empty words. So I think it was MMA... This thing was good for me. But also, you saw all the responses on Twitter for, for when these questions would be posed. There was a lot of people who are not ironically saying, oh, yes, I think this fight was fake. It looked fake. Did you see this punch, this right hook? It clearly did not connect with, with Tension's temple. And you see, oh, the big one was was tension's apparent overselling. They said that tension was overselling with the damage that he was taking. Uh, did you it's not like, hear that upper? Did you not hear that uppercut? Well, that's the thing. Is like it's the evidence is there, but people are, you know, when there's a when there's spam going on, it doesn't make sense. And a lot of the accounts I saw saying that these are some 
green accounts. You know, it's like, where's your post history, bro? You know, it's just it's just a bunch of bullshit. And it's an extension of what's been happening since forever, since I've been on forums, uh, since before. And it's just it just comes with the territory. It's the same thing after the Chael fight. There's always a theme. Like after Chandler and Premise, right? Premise, you know, hits the nerve with the calf kick or whatever, and uh, Chandler gets a thing. But everyone's like. He almost knocked him out on one leg, but if you watch the fight, it was like a knockdown followed by a, re a return knockdown. It wasn't, there was no point where, Prim, you know, Primus was in any meaningful danger, and, but it's just spam, you know, I just, I start tuning it out. These, this well, stuff like this I, I'm going to disagree, Teep. I'm going to disagree, Teep. Yeah. I don't think it's just spam. I think there's people who would... It's not just. I'm sorry, it's what? Just. It's not just spam, but it's in there. Pushing it along. There were legitimate MMA reporters who were calling this fight a fixed fight. Not Ariel, not Luke Thomas, but there were other reporters. I'm, I wish I could if name... If they're calling it fixed, they should have stopped while they were ahead. But uh, let me ask, though, is, what, how do we define genuine MMA reporters? We don't really have that many journalists. We have, like, Sedan and uh, Mike Russell and, like, very few other guys who speak truth to power. We have, like... And also, and, wait, and, yeah, and also, don't forget uh, Fightful as well, because Fightful covers Ryzen as well. You know, like, people might see it and think it was funny, but if they if they can't stop and think about it and work it out, or, or just look at the weight classes, like, they would do it in another fight. Like, if Connor was going to fight Kane, right, and, and and you were like, Connor fucking sucks, Kane beat his ass, you'd be like, well, dude, he's several weight classes above, and you'd be like, no, nah, look, Connor was overselling it. You know, because in boxing, those weight classes, six weight classes is intense. That might even be the record for the most belts. You know, the most belts anyone ever held over their careers, six weight classes. But uh, I'm not actually positive about yeah, that. Yeah, and also, anybody who's, like, into boxing shouldn't talk because there's fixes to, in boxing, too. They have funny decisions and stuff. I mean, both combat sports are shady as shit. <laughs> you know, fans, we, we kind of hold our yeah. nose for a lot of the underworld it's, connections and the shady judging and refing. It's so funny you bring that up because uh, Manny Pacquiao said that the fight made boxing look bad. No, it didn't. It's not even a sanctioned fight. It, it's a free. It's a freak show. People just should just see it for what it is. When they call an exhibit, it's like it's a. It's like Baruto fighting Peter Ertz, right? Oh, like forty-eight-year-old Peter Ertz and Baruto's four hundred-pound sumo guy. It's like when they fight. Are they fighting for ranking? No. Are they fighting for spectacle? Yes. And it's just some are entertaining, like Floyd Intention, you know, visually. And some of them are kind of a depressing grind, like like Bruto lying on Ertz in the corner. So has anyone so forgotten? Has anybody forgotten about the no holds barred era in the nineties? That's what it all came from. But I just think a lot of newer fans, especially the people who talk on the internet about the sport, and they well, as bad as I can quote, "Bad luck falling." Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> I, try to, I try not to worry about it too much because people have a lot of, there are a lot of famous and unfamous people with silly ideas and it's like, can't control it. I just try to control what I'm exposed to. Like, I blocked a lot of writers and websites and fans and stuff over the Ryzen thing because if that's how they're seeing it, if that's the prism, I don't need any of that. I can just imagine a dumbass. I don't need to, like, go bathe in their waters. You know what I mean? Yeah, and over at Connor and, and Connor and Habib was it was kind of a freak show fight to begin with. Which uh, one, Connor and Khabib? Yeah, you could with all with all the circumstances surrounding it. Yeah, well, the way they promoted it was like that, the fake bus attack that got out of control. Then they used the footage anyway after they got him out of trouble. You know, it's like, and you know, you know, they're, they're going full WWE because it's like when I was a little teenager and 
you see the wrestlers, oh man, look, he just attacked the tour bus backstage. Hulk's gonna be pissed. It's or the same thing. Somebody threw, or he threw somebody through a car window. Believe me, I was that kid who grew up watching wrestling thinking that shit was cool. I wrestled, yeah, I, I, no, pun intended, I wrestled with the idea of was it fake? You know, when, you, when you're young, you're just like, well, big guys like this would be too proud to pretend. It's gotta be real, but it looks kind of, you know, and then you grow up and you figure it out, but. You know, like I just, I just tried to take it as a learning experience. And the people I see talking about the Ryzen event, I just tune them right out, block them right out if they if they talk nonsense. Yeah. And also think, of, even... and think, and think about it this way: if any of those other boxers were given the same thing, they would do it. They would do it, and you know oh, they would do sure. it. Oh, sure. If money's involved, if the if the if they if there was money on the table, Pacquiao can shut up. You know the other people, you know, all the other boxing dudes can like shut the fuck up because it because that would be more that because because that because if there was hey, money, right, owners, dumbass, care, they, they, yeah, yeah, they could take they they would take that money in a freaking heartbeat. Oh yeah, so big time. They, want money. And, and, and also think about it this way: Would you rather do that, or would you rather watch you know boxing in America where people are ducking each other every single day? You know what I mean? You know all the all the drug shit and all that cherry pick, uh, constant cherry and pick. And when the fight and when the fight happens, they're both all gray and decrepit. Yeah, I think I mean boxing. It, it what's the term? Ebbs and swells. You know, like it, it's it's coming. Certain divisions come into like a great position every now and again. Heavyweight right now is on fire. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, so all those not, other boxers shut up because you know because you and I both know if the money was there, they would they would do the same damn thing. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah, like people were like, oh, Joshua needs to stop ducking this guy, ducking this guy. Any of those boxers offered a Joshua fight with a meaningful cut of like 80,000, 90,000 people in Wembley. And the pay-per-view was like, yeah, of course they want it. They want to get paid. But uh, people talk about it one way and then they get in the position. A lot of guys, they change their thing. Like Khabib right now, he's doing the money dance. When he was criticizing people for doing the money dance, you know, people saying, oh, defend defend the belt like dc was was always big about hey this is a sport you know respect the sport but he wants his brock lesnar freak show fight because he wants two three million dollars why wouldn't yeah, he yeah and he wants life? to retire with enough it. money to feed the national debt right bisping bisping was vocal about oh this is a sport and you know he then he was like oh i'm gonna fight hendo you know i'm, I'm not gonna fight a contender they're gonna fight each other and, you know so you get to a point where he wasn't even the number one middleweight in the division though he had a belt, because other guys, better guys, are fighting each other. He's kind of riding out the upset went. Come to think of it, wasn't GSP the same way when he fought Bisping in that last fight of his? GSP was a consummate champion in his run, but yeah, he he came back, he saw saw a beatable champ for big money, and he got it, and then he was like, all right, now I'm just going to sit back again. He's smart, you know, but... There are other guys who just fight. That's what they do. Win or lose, they keep going. They're they're in for life. So, well, here's an approach. Here's what I'm gonna also say is that uh, Manny Pacquiao should focus on his fight this weekend with Adrian Broner, um, if he so desires to, if he wants to, to possibly get that Mayweather rematch that supposedly is going to be happening. But we also um, have a potential. Someone else putting their hat into the freak show fight, and this was a question from Bill Steele at Losty Two on Twitter. He asked some other some questions regarding Rise. I don't know if anybody wants to answer those, because I'll be honest, I have, I'm not paying attention too much to Rise. But he does ask a question regarding Ryzen, which um, was probably stemmed by the fact that a famous MMA fighter 
decided to uh, contact Tenshin Asakawa on Twitter for a potential MMA match. And the question is, think Conor McGregor can get down to 127 uh, by, by the Rise uh, Grand Prix and possibly face uh, uh, Tenshin Asakawa? I'm going to expand the question. And uh, Rise is not MMP. Rise is kickboxing. Yes, I know, but I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm put frame the question in a Ryzen in a Ryzen context, because I think this is what, what he may have been asking. So, Conor McGregor tweeted that he wanted to fight Tension in an MMA exhibition bout. Um, Tension said, sure, come down to whatever, what was it, 57 kilograms or whatever it was? I think that's 125 pounds. Yep, uh, and, we'll, and let it be kickboxing, I'll say yes. But, you know what, if Conor ain't going to drop down to 125, because, again... He can't physically take it. Of now, course. Now, as far as Tyson Fury goes... Uh-huh. Connor uh, was making fun of Mayweather and Tension both. Tension took a dig back at him, basically pointing out the size difference. Like, all right, you come down to 128, which is above where he's fought before. You know, you come uh-huh. Tension as. He says, we'll catch weight, 128, watch you buy it. He was basically be like, you're a big-ass dude to be calling out me just because I box Mayweather. You know, kind of putting him in his place. Subtle style. Tension's got some nice little subtle jabs there. Isn't it yeah, kind of funny how Connor like, like Connor was talking shit, and now he wants to fight Tension now all of a sudden, and now and then, and then a boxer wants to fight Tension all of a sudden. These guys are like attention grabber. You know, I mean, there's a lot of attention on Nasukawa. He's the hot shit. That Nasukawa, he's so hot right now. You know, he's, and also, has anyone forgotten soccer? All the freak show fights soccer Raba had. Oh, yeah, yeah, we a, all remember those. In, in a similar situation Tension was in. Remember when every person in every weight class wanted to fight Sakuraba? Oh, yeah, that was pretty, I mean, that was pretty crazy. But then again, it's shown that Sakuraba was ballsy enough to actually do those fights. Now, as far as Tension, I don't think it'll get that way. I mean, if Tatsuki wants some, he can get his ass kicked too. If Conor McGregor wants some, he can, you know... Make sure that the UFC cuts him a deal to where he can fight there, and he can get his ass whooped too. But to be honest, I don't think that tension will get to that point where he's like Sakuraba taking fights in every weight class. But I do hope that with him winning this Rise Grand Prix in March and him continuing on with his combat conquest, that he'll be the most lucrative combat sports star to come out of Asia this year. I'll say and this. Also think about it this way. I think you can say whatever you want, Andrew, about, about you know, what people think of him, but who made the money? Oh, I know. It was Tension. But I'll say this. Tension has the possibility to become worldwide the most famous kickboxer and probably maybe maybe since Batter Hari or Rico Verhoeven. He has the ability to become that big. No. No, I think so. Oh, no. I think he's probably going to be more famous than, say, oh, I don't know. Ernesto Peter Hussein. Eric? Well, the okay, part- Ernesto who's Peter Eric's Bob Sapp. Basically, no disrespect, he's probably going to be the biggest known kickboxer in the post-K1 days era. Yeah, the only kickboxer to actually not be in K1 or Gloria. Yep. That's actually so the, another interesting thing. Media yeah. Age, dude, you know, it's different today. You can sell more records today than old bands. You know, you're going to be more known as a fighter than back in the day. 
Yeah, just, even though when it comes down to music these days and music in the old days, the music today sucks. <laughs> yeah, but there's, they're moving units. I just mean as a term of, uh, in terms of awareness, brand awareness. You know what I mean? Like, there there are very few athletes where everyone where they're a household name around the world. There've been some. You know, Mike Tyson was like that. You know, he was sort of iconic. Beyond. Yeah, before he basically got into all that shit with Robin Gibbons. Yeah, but I mean, even after that, his name just hit the power of his name. So tension does have the possibility, and this is a good springboard into that, to not just be a, this phenomenal young kickboxing prodigy, but also be have a level of fame to let him get paid. I mean, you've seen all the sponsors he has on his robe and shit. He's getting money. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Beautiful robe he had. I'll be honest. I think you know. I think you know. Given the publicity that he got for this show, yeah, he certainly could. You know, let's be honest. You know, I don't think a lot of Americans, Westerners, are turning in to see Rico Verhoeven or Better Hari fight at this point. I don't even know how good Glory's yeah. doing. <clears throat> you know, t- you know, tension making the uh, t- this is this benefits tension more than free day anything. He may he he got that massive Mayweather Mayweather payday. Mayweather payday, and I'm guarantee you, man. You know, um, he's set for life, pretty much. Was also his social uh-huh. media reach, his social media reach right now, like the response he gets to tweets and his statements and things, is on another level than it was because of these interactions, like where Connor, you know, is getting like twenty, thirty thousand retweet or, or likes or whatever, saying some shit to him on Twitter, and he's getting half of that saying something back. I mean, he's stepped up to a new level, and we're seeing it with a lot of fighters nowadays they're starting to get a bigger at least on twitter much bigger reach than they used to have so here's yeah, I'm pretty, and i'm pretty I'm, and i'm pretty sure he took kind his girlfriend kind of out on a hot date with that money so here's yeah. a question i'm gonna pose uh who, what's next for tension well he's well we're not gonna be seeing him for a while as he's gonna be doing the uh the rise kickboxing grand prix tournament after that what do you what do you think what do you think will happen after that in terms of uh, uh, fights uh, well, he might take Justin Stockton's uh, kickboxing challenge, maybe. Yeah, he could do a crossover, you know, like an MMA guy crossing over. But also, he could uh, he could box. He's famous enough to, to get a good name. Question. Maybe find the right matchup. What about that 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 super fight with uh, K1 champion Takaru? That's okay. I think there might be too many politics to do that. You know what? If, yeah, we got if they can get through... Politics, I think that bout might happen. I mean, eventually, when the money's right, you know, when they're both, I should say, when both athletes are in a position to make sure the money is right for them, it'll happen. Did you see anybody? It was crazy. I think, I think, I think it was Cerebral or somebody put a list of people who are like the top draws in um in Jap- for Japanese fighters. Um, I think he said Takaru was low on the list. Yeah, he well, he might be just a better fighter than he is a, a notable name. Well, here's the thing. If anybody, I don't know if anybody saw that Takaru versus Kyoji kickboxing match from last year, which is one of the best fights I like, one of the best kickboxing fights I've ever seen. Um, I know I did. That the audience was going crazy for Takaru. That looked like a full stadium. I'm not so sure where it was exactly, but it looked like a full crowd that were that were. It t- was at the Saitama Super Arena, just like this fight was. I don't know if you can back me up on this, Christian, but it looked like a very full arena full of Takaru fans. Oh yeah, no way. Actually, if it was if it was a Takaru fight, it probably wasn't at the Saitama Super Arena, but it probably was full. 
Maybe Osaka Edeon or um, Yokohama Arena? Yeah, probably Yokohama. Yeah, probably one of those. You know, remember, this isn't K1 of back in the day. Nonetheless, when though... They were doing every, when they were doing, like, every giant stadium in Japan. Yes, but nonetheless, this entire crowd was hot for Takaru. I will put, I'll, I'll yeah. say that. And here's the thing, you know, even if, if, if you can have 200 people... And, and they're on fire. It could look, it could sound like a million people in an arena, and that's what it sounded like for, for the, that these people were going crazy for Takaru. That's a fight to make. I don't know how you do it. You got you know Takaru has fought for Ryzen before in kickboxing way back when. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think any attention's done anything. I, I think it's is he is Takaru uh, the champion in K1 right now? Yes. That might be why. You know, K1 isn't going to, like, you know, have their champion look weak. Oh, I know, I know. So, but, you know, also the question is, who ho, 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 who hosts this uh, this match? Does K1 unless host Takaru it? Unless Takaru is going to be, because unless Takaru is willing to put the title on the line. That's true. That's true. So, that's, I mean, that's the big fight to make in my personal opinion. But the question and is. Then to, and then you have to add the fact that, you know, for that to happen, Tension would have to sign the K1. Here's the other question I'm gonna point. Uh, I'm gonna pose as well. So Tension said he wants to do American boxing. Who would you have him face off in American boxing? Uh, presumably, I'm gonna say flyweight. Um, I don't know what that is in boxing weight, but in um. I actually, flyweight would be around 108 pounds. Oh, geez. So it'd be um. What would it be? Boxing flyweight's 108. He'd be about I think 121 to 126 somewhere in that range. Uh, what weight class is that? I forget. I think it would probably be like around featherweight or a super feather. It might be super feather. I think one twenty. I looked it up. I already forgot. Damn it, dude! But and, I think the one person that would. And are there boxers at that weight class in the United States? Oh yeah. Ryan Garcia, King Gry. <laughs> what about um? Isn't Johnny Gonzalez also at that at that weight? I believe. Wait, wait, Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, the what? No, 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 no. It's uh, the husband of a uh, sexy star from AAA. Oh, no. You had me confused when you said that. That's why. Oh, no, 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 no. You threw me off, man. Not and at all. But the thing is that also, the thing is that, is that usually that weight class does not have a good drawing uh, history in America. You know, it tends to be with Floyd, where, where Floyd fought and above. Those tend yeah, to be the draws. Yeah, the, the weight class and attention would be in for boxing is more of a draw for the OPBF in Japan. Well, it, it also would be, you know, it's also, you know, that's what they usually put those guys on the, on, on the prelims. Or like, I, don't, I can't even recall the first time on, the, on a main card where I saw a 125-er. Fight on a boxing. I think I've seen a few premier boxing champions cards where they featured top Japanese competitors. That's what's that? a premier boxing champions card in Chicago that featured two Japanese fighters in the main event. That's premier though, you yeah, know. I, I, what do you do yeah, for like I, for the WBF or? I feel, I feel like if Tenshin wants to fight in, um, if he wants to do American boxing, I think he would have to be with the PBC. Yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely because of the fact that Al Heyman and Floyd Mayweather are such good homies. Um, actually, and and it's a good thing that you bring up Floyd and uh, I don't know about Heyman, but at least Floyd. So Sakaki Bara, 
He said in the post-fight press conference that they looked forward to working more with Mayweather, Mayweather's team. Do we see any more of Mayweather's guys in Ryzen in the future, do you think? I think yes. I can think of one particular person that wouldn't mind being a part of Ryzen. Have you guys ever heard of the name Andrew the Beast to be? Uh, no, I have not. Well, Andrew Tabidi, this guy, he's fighting out of Chicago, Illinois, by way of Las Vegas, Nevada. He's an undefeated cruiserweight contender who's basically weighing in at 200 pounds. He fights out of Chicago by way of Las Vegas. He is 17-0 with 13 knockouts and is the former, or as a matter of fact, current NABF cruiserweight champion who's currently a part of the World Boxing Super Series. Now, I've heard some rumors that the World Boxing Super Series probably might be closing down due to lack of funds. If Andrew Tabidi doesn't get the chance to compete in the rest of the Super Series, because if it gets, I mean, it because it'll probably get canceled, I can definitely see him fighting in the rising ring down the line. In, in, in regular in regular or uh, standard boxing, you mean? Either standard boxing or if he can, potentially MMA. I don't think MMA. Oh, they don't you know Ryzen will pull some magic and do like Ryzen boxing. <laughs> Here's the thing though I'm worried about if they continue working with Mayweather. I don't want this all this bullshit that happened with getting getting streaming details or, or international streaming details at the last minute. If if they do work... How much you want to bet that, you know, Mayweather's agent was the one causing all these problems? Oh, I bet it was. I bet it was. But here's the thing. You know, if you do it once, okay, fine. I didn't like it the first time, but if, you, if it's going to happen again, then Ryzen's basically... They're basically asking... They're going to be they're basically telling their Western fans that you know we're 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 small fry you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be pushed around and bitched at by Mayweather and it's not gonna look it's not gonna help them financially I guarantee that it will hurt them financially and commercially and they will not be able to grow outside I Japan. I don't think it will hurt them in their home country. Not in their home country, that, but, but here's the thing: their, that's their main core money. Sakaki Bara did say that he wants to 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 grow outside Japan if he wants to do that in America. He's gonna to have to real. They're gonna to have to realize that they can never do this this thing again. Having the show announced announced three to four days before the actual what what having those streaming details available because you're gonna kick. But UFC just moved their entire show to another city. Okay, <laughs> this is nothing compared to that. I know, I know, but here's but nonetheless, here's the thing. It doesn't affect Americans that might uh, that, that that were tuning into that fight. That fight still still drew. Uh, pretty well, I remember. I think they, wasn't it? Christian, do you happen to know the UFC, uh, two, uh, I think it was 232, was it? Uh, oh, I have it right here. Yeah. 700,000. That's really good. That's, and... Yeah, the, but how many asses did they get into the seats? Well, 15,862, and total gate of $2,066,604. So, in the end, it didn't fucking oh, wow. matter. Yeah, well, we already know that, you know, that they're not... Ex- to the US anytime soon. But here's the thing, UFC doesn't have anything to worry about in America. They don't have anything to worry about in America. Ryzen, on the other hand, if they want to expand in America, they do. They have to, and they, you don't want to tell your fans that, you know, that, that you're, that we're not thinking of you, uh, especially your international fans. 
Japan, they don't have anything to worry about. America, they do. Because, like I said before, there were people that did not that were not tuning into the show because they had no because they were told almost last minute all the streaming details for this for this show. Um, so I just hope they don't do it again. If they're going to work with Mayweather Promotions, they have to tell them we're a business. We have to we have to make money. We have to look out for ourselves. We have to be selfish. We understand that you two you you have to also, Mister Mayweather, but. If you're if but if it's gonna affect our business, then it's not gonna work out between the two of us. Yeah, but it might not be with Mayweather himself, though. It might be with just with people representing him. Nonetheless, you know Mayweather. You know if it's if it's Mayweather, it's Mayweather. You know whether it's his people or not. Whether it's if it's just his people. No, I mean, his, I'm referring to his fighters. His fighters. Okay. Well, don't forget they're still dealing with Team Mayweather, and you know Team Mayweather has a very, very big stronghold. And Christian, you could probably back me up on this. Very big stronghold in the boxing scene in the United States, probably Mexico as well, and and Canada. Both them, both them, and premier boxing champions. Exactly. If you think about it. If you think about it, this is probably the reason why. Top-ranking corporators moving to e- I mean, has moved to ESPN and ESPN Plus. And so the, it's probably the reason why Golden Boy ain't really doing. I mean, they're still gonna be doing Facebook fight cards, but they moved to the Zone. And yeah, that's I think it. the reason why you're gonna probably see more Mayweather fight cards pop up is because they know. They can't not to, I mean, it's like Mayweather said in that long-ass press conference he had prior to the, I mean, in Las Vegas, prior to the fight that he had with Nassau Cowie. You can't not to hustle. Well, you can't not to hustle, but you also, but again, May, Ryzen has to be thinking of themselves going forward. And if they're, they're going to be Mayweather's bitch, it's not going to help them. Um, I guarantee uh- well, uh, well, here's the thing. I have a feeling Mayweather's just gonna be messing around with the OPBF, which has nothing to do with Ryzen. I hope. I hope not. Mm-hmm. I, I hope not. Uh, I hope. I hope so. I mean, I hope so. Because you know, I guarantee you know if they did a if they did a uh, a a a exhibition boxing match with Manny Pacquiao, I'm pretty sure none of this stuff would have happened. Pacquiao would have done the same thing. I don't think so. I don't think it would, no. I don't think no. It would it would have if he would have at least it would not have been this this long and drawn out. That's not a Pacquiao thing to do. That's that's not in his nature to do that. That's a, it's a it's a Mayweather thing. You would be surprised what people would do. I I know, but I'm just going by the history of Pacquiao. Pacquiao was was never that type of guy. Um, and if you know that was all you know. Going back to his fight of Mayweather, he was he wanted Mayweather many times, but Mayweather always had these weird stipulations that were impossible for him to to agree to during times where like oh the final the fight will happen oh no you have to do a drug test you have to you have to do a blood test um uh an hour before the fight or whatever it was um Christian you probably know about that more um I probably remember that but I don't really remember it off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, you know, so, but, do you think, do, a question, and I'm going to ask this honestly, do you think that Connor will actually fight tension in some sort of exhibition bout? Yes or no? No, unless the UFC cuts him a nice deal. What do you think, Joseph? Uh, like what uh, Gary said, 
That'll be like some. That'll be some weird storyline because pretty much everyone under the sun now wants to fight tension now. Here's the thing. I think that Connor could demand it. I think. I think Connor's bigger than UFC. Con they would. If he said, "I want to go fight in Japan," they would say yes. When do you want to go? And how? And 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 when can we book your fights? So if he said, if he told Dana White that, I think they would absolutely. They would. They would tell. They would not say no to him. Yeah, but you well, know what? Well, well, if they did know? that, the only way I would see that fight happen would be in a de uh, December. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. That old saying, no one person is bigger than the brand. Conor McGregor is not bigger than the UFC. I don't think. So. I th I disagree with that. I think he's bigger than the UFC at this point. I really do believe yeah, that. Yeah, but his ego can't fit in the UFC's agenda anymore. Yeah. Eh, no, that's true. That's true. However, though, if they want to give Tension a nice tune-up match after this Rise Grand Prix, uh, presuming that he will win, uh, I think we're all going to presume that, that he will win that. Um, you know, Justin... I don't know, man. I think we might have some killers in this one, I think. Hey, hey he's fought some kills before, you know. Um, I, you, know I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a kickboxing expert, but hey, man, but murder, so that, you, know, you have that high unpredictability, man. You never know. The one person who ever who, who came close to defeating Tension was Rotang last year. Um, and even, you know, some people made some arguments that Tension lost that match. Um, but, uh, he did defeat Rateng, and then you had, uh, Horiguchi fight him and, and, and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. I don't know, maybe you're right, Joseph, it's possible. I don't know, is, is this the downfall of Tension Nasakawa no, as a kickboxer? No, 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 let's not be overdramatic here, there is no downfall. Even if he got a single loss, that would not be a downfall. A setback, uh, but not a downfall. Um, yeah, yeah, um... I think there's a kickboxer representing one in that Grand Prix, too. Ooh, delicious. I think, I think, you know what I mean? Maybe Tenshi can send a message to one not to mess with him. You stop courting, oh, trying yeah, to court my sister! They meet in the finals. Um... But unfortunately, 1FC does have Tenshi's sister, Riri, under contract. Oh, yes, I forgot they did sign her. I thought they were trying to sign her, but yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Um, yeah, Tension Sister uh, sold out. Question, I'm, cu I'm curious to know, did any of you... Well, you know, you know, Riri's only, what, 16? She'll learn. Um, question, did any of you watch this fight, watch the entire show live, or did you watch some of it live, then the rest later, or did you... No, nah, man, I saw... No, pal, I saw the whole thing live. I was up from... <laughs> What was a one? Nine oh my god, that was a brutal slog. What about you, Christian? Man, not really. I, I, I saw one of the Grand Prix. I saw. I look. I went through the 2017 Grand Prix live. Okay. Um, and I, if I can go through that, I can go. I can go through this. I had to. I had to cover PFL later in the day. I barely got any sleep. I was maybe on two hours of sleep because of this whole. And also, not to mention. As soon as the Mayweather, as soon as this fight ended, you know, people were just asking and commenting on Twitter, and I was, I spent another two hours talking to people on Twitter, so I maybe got, like, maximum two hours of sleep that entire day. I actually didn't sleep, I happened... I, I actually didn't sleep until the rest, for the rest of the day. What was that, Christian? What were you saying? I have been watching Ryzen shows since the first two events on December 29th and 31st of 2015, and I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I watched the entire thing live, even though I wish I could have had enough fight credits to watch it, or pay for it and watch it, but still, 
watching it live via an illegal stream. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want them to get in trouble as much as I will. But the point of the matter is, I stayed up for all eight hours of that card. And even though the intermission between the tri-main, I mean, between the co-main events and the main events was too damn long to the point where I almost felt like giving up, I enjoyed it. And I wouldn't take that away for anything else. Here's the one thing I'm going to be critical about the show, though. Those intermissions, particularly the second one. Uh, out of their control. Out of their control, but here's the, here's, the, here's the thing. You got, they had it, it seeing the same highlights. You, 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 re, yeah, part, you, really, you really think Saki Bar is going to be dumb enough to argue with Fuji TV? No, you but. You think he's that dumb? No, 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 but here's, here, here's the thing. They were showing the same 2008 highlights over the same music over and over for an, almost an hour and a half. Here and someone. Oh yeah. They, here's here's what someone said. You know what they should have done? They should have had the Yarnoka card fights in between. Oh yeah, because in full the card was like almost two hours long. Exactly. They here's the thing. If they need it, they need to change up something during those intermissions. I don't care what it is, but I don't want to see. You know, next 2019. If there's a long intermission, change it up. Don't show me the same shit over and over and over again. Because I felt like I was in a Twilight Zone. I don't care. Hey, here's the, I'll even take a, 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 just, a, just a static uh, hard cam shot from the ring. I will be happy with that. What I did? What was that? I played some Fire Pro Wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what? Come to think of it, maybe Ryzen should have done some professional wrestling matches in their intermission. Yeah, yeah. Put have some dark matches. That's what you know. It may not be in Sakakakibara's control, but here's the thing: you also have to like, you gotta do something to like. Actually, I think there was one thing they could have done. I mean, they have that esports partnership with Namco Bandai, but I don't think there were any Tekken Seven tournaments going on at the time. No, no, I don't think there was. I think that was for the last show, right? Yeah, 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 that was Ryzen 13. Yeah, they have the esports the, partnership the with thing, Bandai. I don't think there were any Tekken 7 tournaments um, going on in Japan at the time. The main, that's the thing I, I was just, just seeing people on Twitter going crazy about, particularly us East Coasters. We were just like, oh my god, when will this intermission end? When will this intermission end? And that, that's always... I was in the, I'm in the central time zone, and I feel that's you guys' that's pain. That's why, I, that's why, you know what I mean, uh... I was trying to, I was trying to book a trip to the to the country of Poland where Justina Hobble is from during that time. So I wanna get everybody's thoughts on, on the card overall. What were your thoughts overall? Um, you know, what on on Ryzen fourteen uh, I'll, you could start Christian, and then you could go Joseph. Well, with the exception of the rise, I mean, with the exception of the main event between Nasakawa and Mayweather, I was highly impressed by the Ryzen 14 fight card because out of the 12 other matches not named Tension Nasakawa versus Floyd Mayweather, 10 of those 12 were finishes. 
And I think that's probably what led the Fuji TV folks to go that shit because they thought the fight would end. The, they thought all the fights would end in, this, in, in decisions, hmm. pretty much. But hey, that's the joy of watching great Japanese MMA and great MMA in general because you never know when you have moments where the fight can end, you know, within seconds or within minutes. So I enjoyed all 12 of those fights. Now, as for the Mayweather and Asukawa bout, it was a, it was kind of interesting to see all the pageantry, the entrances, especially Floyd's son wrapping him out to the ring. The national anthems, which got done a pretty good job by singing Kimi Gayo, as did Benny Adahiro sang the national anthem, sang the Star Spangled Banner, you know, the American national anthem. But, you know, aside from me cringing when it came down to Ralph Velez introducing the fighters, I enjoyed that fight too, and I thought that was a pretty special moment. And, you know, when they do decide, when Rising does decide to make Tension feel like a big star after this Ice Grand Prix, I just hope that type of stuff, that type of pageantry will continue. But all in all, it was a fun night, and I enjoyed it. What about you, Joseph? I yeah, and my, I feel that this is actually one of the best rising cards that we've gotten. Um, that we've gotten. Um, I really you know enjoyed the show. The show, you know, despite the intermissions, I I chilled. Unlike everybody else, it was like ah, like getting their hair out for no reason. You know, jokingly, I wonder if Fuji TV will be like, I need you to book eighteen to twenty matches so that we can get our time slot filled. Damn it. <laughs> I'll just say this as as a television Watch network. Fuji TV do that. I, I just said the television big time slot will make you book 18 matches. As a television network, they should be aware that it is MMA and you know there can be first round finishes in the first ten seconds. That can happen at any time. They should be aware yeah, of that. I know. That's why I'm saying that you know that Fuji TV should make should, have, should tell Saki Barra you need to make you need to have 18 matches. Hmm. We need we need those, we we book that time slot. We're not ending it any earlier. Book 18 matches so we can end it at that time slot. Damn it. Um, I but I thought this card was awesome overall. I think it was maybe their second best show. Rising 11 I think was just a little bit better, and I also do have some some live in person bias with that show. Um, but I think overall. I think the show was awesome. Um, yep. If you want to include the Yaranoga card, you know, that was okay and all that stuff. There was no bad fights really on this card. See, it's, uh, it's funny. The Ryzen 11 show had one horrible fight. But I think I think the Ryzen 14 card, I think it just had a... I think it maybe you could say it had two so-so fights. They weren't bad. But they were just like, eh. You know, kind of expected it to go that way with the Miyu... Uh, Nagano and uh, Sasaki Cape fight. Well, I didn't even see Sasaki Cape. I didn't even expect it to go that way, so I take that back. Um, just curious to know. So, uh, do you have any fight of the nights or submission or uh, performance uh, knockouts of the nights or anything of that sort? Either of you? Um, I think for submission of the night, I think it's going to be a tie. It's a tie between the uh, the Hammerlock and, there, and there's a tie with when Haba is uh, rear naked. Sorry, Joseph, what was that? He said it was a tie between the hammerlock and the rear naked choke finishes. Okay. How about you, Christian? You got anything uh, you want to add? Fight of Knights, uh, performances of Knights, anything that sort? Well, 
to knock out of the night. Obviously, that's going to go to... That's going to be a tie between Tofik Musayev's KO of Nobumitsu Osawa and Yuri Denisha Prohaska's knockout victory over Brandon Halsey. Mm-hmm. As far as submission of the night goes, that's a three-way tie between Damian Brown, Gabby Garcia, and, well... <laughs> Yuki Motoya. For performance of the night, actually performances of the night, because I'm adding Yarnoka to it too. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the women of Team Crazy B, I Shimizu and Miyu Yamamoto for steering the ship in the right direction, and basically, you know, aiding Team Crazy B. After losses to, I mean, after losses that Ursin Yamamoto and Yusuke Yachi suffered. And I'm going to give a little bonus to the Mayweather bounce. It was a special moment. In terms of fight night for me, you know, I know it's going to sound weird, but, you know, Prochaska versus Halsey, if you think about it, is actually a fight night contender, and I'll explain why. Prochaska came back from possible, from, from losing numerous times. The only thing that got in the way was Halsey's antics. So I would say that's a soft contender, but if you had to hold a, a gun to my head, I would say probably Johnny Case versus Yusuke Yachi. Because I think that, I think that was a, a pretty, that was an exciting fight from, from round one. And it there Yachi, you know, who knows what how the fight would have gone if, if it had gone to the third round. Never would have known. But I was incredibly excited for that fight. I would say Brown and Crookshank, but you know... It didn't get beyond the first rounds. Um, I, speaking of uh, submission nights, I definitely give it to Damian Brown with the guillotine choke to uh, Crookshank. And I also give it to uh, Matoya's TP scissor triangle choke over Justin Scoggins. Heck, you know what? If you want to even, you can even say that Mayweather, Mayweather versus Nasakawa was a fight of the night just because of the atmosphere around the fight. If you want to, do, if you no, want to make you it. know what, come to think of it, come to think of it, would you basically say that the Justina Haba Shinju O'Claire finish was a good candidate for submission of the night? Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, and even I'll even say fight night because I, it's very hard to pinpoint exactly a fight night for this. But yeah, I'll definitely say you know, especially with Haba coming in O and O, she uh, and 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 basically mauling Juju's face and then sinking that rear naked choke, which you know. Credit to Juju, she she did not tap. She tried to survive those the last minute and a half of that of that of that uh, round, and you know she probably could have if it was like thirty seconds or fifteen seconds left in the fight. Uh, but uh, fortunately, yeah, you know that was a deep in choke um, that uh, that she got in. Uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna so let's see, gun to my head right now. So I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna give two right now. I'm going to say submission of the night goes to Matoya over Scoggins. I'm going to give one more. The, the official, my my other official performance of the night to uh, Brown over Crookshank for the uh, guillotine choke, and I'm going to give fight of the night to Case and Yachi. Those are my official picks right now. Okay, that's cool. 
That's cool. I see here's the thing. I don't want see the thing with Horiguchi and Caldwell is that Horiguchi wasn't winning, and I don't want to say he snuck in a win, but I don't know. He kind of did. If you think about it, he really did sneak in that win. He got that. He got that guillotine choke with uh with uh with Caldwell. Um, uh, you know, gassed out or not paying attention, and in my opinion, was losing that match. I mean, here's the thing, none of the submissions, none of the finishes were bad at all. I'm just going to say that outright. None of them were bad at all. But it's, it's, ve and it's very hard to pick, like, a, really hard to pick them. Because um, they, they were all impressive finishes. I mean, you had, you know, going through the, just the list again, Hamazaki reversing uh, Azakura's reversal back into the armbar. Horiguchi sinking in that choke uh, uh, in the last minute of the third round. Um, Damian Brown... Um, Coming out from from being an underdog, tapping out uh, Crookshank, Miata with that hammerlock, the TP choke from Matoya, Haba. There's a lot, um, and Musayev, you know, giving those hammer fists to to uh, Tyson Osawa like he owed him money. There was a lot of great finishes. There was a lot of great finishes. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, you know, the 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 Miyu Nagano fight, you know. It it was it was my least favorite fight. It wasn't the worst fight, but it was just you know compared to what everything else that had been going on in the card, it was certainly the least impressive fight. I would say that. I see. And with the rest of the contingency off the call, I guess it's just us to close out the show. Well, is there? Uh, yeah. Um, I think. Well, what's a I think we should uh, give out our, our Twitter handles. Let's give out our social media so people can uh, talk to us and argue with us about anything that they hear on this episode. Okay, well, first of all, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can feel free to do so at ChrisGary92. If you follow me, I will follow you back. If you want to follow Joseph Matos, feel free to follow him at SEA Wrestling. If you want to follow Teep to the Junk, you can follow him at Teep to the Junk, T E E P to the Junk. And also, Focus Fights. You can check out our website, focusfights.com, and follow us on Twitter at Focus Fights. Where basically, and I mean, I don't, I'm just going to go ahead and say it Focus Fights, we've basically done a lot to put over not only Ryzen and the rest of the fight world, but we're basically just starting up in 2019 will hopefully be a be a joyous year for us. But yeah, focus fights. We cover combat, sports events, and prospects from all around the globe. The MMA scenes of Japan, Russia, the US, UK, and South Korea will be emphasized. Follow us at Focus Fights on Twitter and FocusFights.com and as for you, Mr. Benjamin, if you want to follow the show, you can feel free to follow us at We Are Rising Pod, or you can follow at, uh, or you can follow Andrew Benjamin at a Benjamin One. Yep, and uh, I'm hoping that 2019 will be another great year of fights, um, uh, for Ryzen. And then you know, as soon as we get words of fights, we'll definitely be having preview shows, um, some interviews. Um, some some stuff I have some ideas for in between shows, uh, possibly a two a review of 2018 show as well. 
Um, and just, you know, trying to deliver more content to everybody who's uh, hungry for Ryzen and JMMA stuff. Oh, I should even say JMMA. Oh, and also, and also, if you check out the We Are Ryzen SoundCloud account, you'll check out some exclusive interviews that Mr. Benjamin had with the likes of Damian Brown, with the likes of Jay Kuhn. I mean, are you planning to get any more interviews as 2019 commences? Uh, hopefully, we could talk to Johnny Case at some point, talking about his win with Yusuke Um Always talking to, to Ryzen Fires before their fights and all that stuff. Um, definitely, we'll have Damian Brown if he's in the uh, if he's in the Grand Prix. You know, that Grand Prix is going to be some exciting shit. I can tell you that. You know, if 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 it you know if it all if all the pieces go together, it could be it could be the 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 thing to look at in 2019 for I think MMA in general. Um, yeah, and also, if you don't have a SoundCloud, feel free to go to find us on Stitcher, uh, and currently working on getting us on the, on the evil overlords at iTunes, who are incredibly difficult to deal with right now. Hey, uh, I'm pretty sure if they can't do, I mean, if you can't get on there, you probably have a better chance of getting on to Google Podcasts. That too as well, yeah, Google Podcasts or Audio Boom or one of those things as well. I mean, hey, I wouldn't mind helping you out on that. That's oh. for sure. But oh. other than that, we about to go ahead on and go. The next time you will hear from us, we will be talking about the Ryzen 15 preview for the show that comes up on Easter Sunday, April 21st. That's three weeks after WrestleMania. Oh, at yeah. the Yokohama Arena in Yokohama, Kanagawa, Japan. Oh, that's it's gonna it's gonna be yet. I'm hoping, you know, when as soon as they start leaking out those fights, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. So always looking forward to a rising card as always. Mhm. But other than that, that's all we that's all the time we have at the We Are Rising podcast. We thank you for joining us. No, we thank you for the sights and sounds and the and, no. Let me. I'm trying to. I'm trying to close out this show the best way I can, damn it. We thank you for all the sights and sounds and enjoying us. We're glad you're a part of the fan nation, and we are thankful that you are listening to us on the We Are Rising podcast. Until then, take care, drive safely, keep your hands up at all times, and remember, as the legendary and thankfully well-rested Lenny Hart, who had to work this event with a sore throat and illness, say. Hold on. Wait for it. Wait for it. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Happy fighting. <laughs>